search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome, summoners, to episode number 33 of the Broken by Concept podcast. I am your co-host, Nathan Mott. First name Nathan, last name Mott. This is my co-host, Coach Curtis. First name Coach, last name Curtis. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the best League of Legends podcast ever to exist. What should we start with today, Curtis? Actually, I already know what we're starting yep. with today. So, we uh, we did a community post. I wanted to keep... At the end of the day, this podcast is all about our listeners. That's right. Right? We want to help people. We want to yep. share our expertise in the field of League of Legends. So I was like, all right, here's a little good opportunity. Well, I had a little picture of us. Um, this is on our YouTube community section, okay. by the way. I Wait, we were next to each other in yeah, the promos? Yeah, we're literally oh. dead set on promos right here for, for Master Tier. Oh, so cool. I was like, what a cool little thing. Like I titled it, captioned it, Never Tear Us Apart, because it's like a song. Yep. And then I asked everyone to tell us how their first week of the season has gone. So we're about one week into the season. Yep. Actually, no, we're over a week. Okay. So like eight, nine days. So let's... um. Let's just talk about, I want to highlight some people here. The upvoted comment was someone called Aura Master 13 I love YouTube names. You get some really interesting YouTube names. I've <laughs> seen it all, honestly. Why some people don't have just their real, their real life name? <laughs> Aura Master 13 You get some really interesting ones. Some people sure. do, some people do. So Aura Master actually had a bit of a question here. So he goes, going pretty well. I got to gold four in preseason and I'm silver three after placements. I have the goals of what I want to improve set out. And he asked, what do you think? He has three goals. His first one is not dying from in lane results first 10 minutes. Um, keep this until February. So he's all, he, all these three goals are until February 13th. All oh, right. So he's actually given a date. So the first one is that he doesn't want to die, die in lane before for 10 minutes, I assume. That well, says. okay. Before we go on to this, um, I try not to start. I, I try not to set learning objectives with like, not something or don't do this good advice these are just like away from statements you generally want to keep uh any learning objective a towards statement for example another way you could frame so how would you frame that so not dying before 10 minutes not dying would be um surviving all ganks in the first 10 minutes or being aware of the jungle's location for the first 10 minutes or um it could even be Something more actionable, having intention with every wave, understanding, knowing exactly how much gold I want to base on for the first 10 minutes. I don't know, something like that. Something more specific and more actionable because sometimes with not dying, um, I heard this from some players when we used to set learning objectives like this. The first thing that you think about, if you think about this statement, if I, if I were to tell you, don't run, what was the first thing that comes to your mind? Just don't run, just sit there and just stand there and just do nothing. Well, generally, if you say don't run, yeah, the word that comes to mind is run. Run. Okay. Like you're thinking okay. run. Yeah. Right? You're thinking run. Like, why, why would I not run? You're just thinking about running. Yeah. If I say don't die, the first thing you're going to think about is just dying. Dying. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, it can be a little bit sketchy. So, keep that in mind. Wait, maybe that run analogy is bad, Curtis. Because, wait, so... I mean, I don't know. It works for me whenever I think about it. Someone's like, Curtis, don't run. I'm thinking like, like the first thing. Well, you're thinking of run, but you're you're not going to run though. Yeah, I agree. But it's just a little mental thing. I mean, you know, just nitpicking here. But anyway, I just think it's not actionable enough. Yeah, definitely needs to be too many things in there because you can die from ganks. You can die from 
taking poor trades. You can die from support rooms. You can die from, um, you know, poor wave management. Why get more specific? Why are you dying? And then focus on that specific part. <clears throat> His second objective was 70 CS at 10 minutes. Okay. You think that's a reasonable That's a good one. one. And, but be careful as well. Sometimes it's out of your control. But yeah, like, um, again, what I, kind of what I like to do there is get a little bit more specific sometimes is it could even be uh, never miss an in, uh, a non-contested minion or always, always hit the uncontested minions or um, it could even be as simple as know when to give or, or not give a minion or something like that. Because sometimes it's just it's out of your control, and if you're focusing, I need to get seventy. I need to get seventy. It can take away from like mm. you might just actually play suboptimally. You might go for the CS when you shouldn't be going for the CS. I like to get more specific again. Yeah, so if I also use that for an analogy for jungle. It would be um, so. Let's say for Eve, I had like key performance ind- indicators like KPIs. Like you want like around eighty CS by like twelve minutes. But it's not it's not about the ADCS. I mean that obviously you want that number, but there's more goes into that. It's like, okay, could I have did I miss an opportunities for some potential free kills that would have got me the goal that yeah. led me the CS anyway? I mean you ideally want that CS anyway as a goal, but again, it's more the fact of It's like what's gonna get you that CS? For Eve, it might be like your so if so say if someone's not getting seventy or eighty CS on Eve, right? Yeah. You could break that down. They're either not clearing their camps properly, they're taking inefficient gangs, or get, their get, pathing's inefficient. Get the ADCS while also helping and minimizing your lanes, control warding and warding. Right. So it's not just getting the ADCS, it's like, right. like how can yeah. I minimize as well? The package. You know? But you can break that down. And then his third objective here was wave control first 10 minutes. Is that really broad? Yeah. Um, wave control, for, again, that's too broad. I, I, what I would say is... You know, it could even be have intention with waves for the first 10 minutes. So sometimes you'll find yourself, I see it quite often in my coaching clients, is that they're just playing and they're just randomly shoving the wave. For example, I did a coaching session with Raz this morning and um, he was playing Akali. And there was a time where he was versing a Malzahar and he kind of just went on, I don't know if it was autopilot mode or whatever he was doing, but he just like matches, he just matched this, the wave clear with the Mal's by queuing the wave. Like if the Malzai used the abilities on the wave, he just queued the, the minions as well. So it just turns into a stalemate. Or he was like randomly laning. Was that his intention though or not? Or he was just... He's just playing. I don't know. Go he ahead. wasn't thinking like thinking what he could have done or recognizing that the enemy used abilities on the wave. Or another example, he was versing like an Annie and then he wasn't thinking about the wave state that he wanted. So he just like Annie shoved in, he queued the wave. Rather than, okay, why do I need a queued wave here? Like, I don't just hold it here for a little bit. I'm probably going to get six soon. I can maybe actually all in here. Annie has no flash. So maybe it's more about having intention with your waves and actually having a hypothesis with the way you want to play your waves. Um, or it could even be, it could even be more specific, like um, experiment more with holding the wave on your side. I don't know. So yeah, again, try and get a little bit more specific. So the, then what he's doing here is can he can only move on to the next learning objective when the goals the chosen goals that we just mentioned occurs in 75 percent of games over 50 games okay and then he says can only move on from an objective after one month minimum because i just think not dying in the first in the lane 
in the first 10 minutes is so... That's going to be very... That's, that's hard. I mean, that's, 75% no, that's, of 50 no, Because games. the danger of that is I just feel like he's just going to play defensively just so he doesn't yeah, die. Okay. Like everything here that he's got is, think about it. It's like, I need to get this CS and I need to not die doing it and I need to control my waves, whatever that means for the first 10 minutes, right? Like, that's just not realistic. There's some games where you... It's just like, I would want you to die to push your limits to figure out how much hold damage on, hold you can on. do. Hold on, hold on. But his his silver, Curtis. Do you recommend it to silver players? He get gold for last season. Yeah, I still would recommend. I always recommend them, them to just. You got to go in to see how much damage you can do. Okay. So what happens, Nathan? What I've seen as well. People, if like you're going to play a champion and you don't know how much damage you do, it's. It has long-term it implications. Does. You're right. I would rather you mess up. Maybe, yeah, but it won't be forever. I'm saying it only take 10, 20, 15 games, whatever it is, to figure out how much damage your champion does in a matchup. If you don't know, and I, this is, I actually created a term for this, Nathan. I call them calibration trades. Calibration trades. 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 So if you're in a matchup where you don't understand, say you've never okay. played a matchup or you yeah. don't know what to do or you're versing like a unique mid-pick, right? What I say, and what, it's what I found myself doing subconsciously, I didn't even realize, is I'll take a calibration trade. So first thing I'll do, I'll get into the game. I'll relax a little bit. Just wait to see what they do. Sometimes they will just play really, do something proactive and I'll react. Just, and I'll kind of get a feel for what they're doing. But then the next level, say if it's just stale, Say, for example, there was a Dakali versus Malzahar matchup and it's just going stale. Mm. What I'll do is I'll just do something crazy to test. What happens if I do this? To see what their response is, to see how much damage I can do, to see what my champion is capable of in this matchup. And then what happens, this might fail. It might look bad. I might end up losing a lot of my HP. I might even die in the extreme cases. But then at least I know. And then I can actually look at that or I can think about that while coming out of base or refreshing my HP and I can calibrate. It's a good word, calibrate, calibration trades. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I would experiment with that, calibration trades. Okay. But overall, I think we like the way he's thinking. I like the way he's thinking, for sure. I really like that he's holding himself accountable. He's setting, you know, learning objectives. He's focusing on them for an extended period of time, and he has some form of KPI. Um, So, yeah, I like that. A lot of positives. So the next one here was from Augustine. He says, it's going really well. I got my support account into Diamond 2 already. I now can get Challenger as support, but I don't take it for granted. I'm sticking to my schedule and improving reliably and consistently. Brilliant. Uh, He's from the LAS server. So I love that schedule. And and see the words? Improving reliably and consistently. That's the way. 10, 15 game block, lost streaks, win streaks. No. You, You finish those streaks and you don't even know what just happened. I love it. Tom Lag says, going smoothly so far. I'm in the middle of gold two and almost getting to my preseason rank of gold one. I have a 70% win rate so far and 90% win rate on my main champion, Zerath. I'm currently focusing on farming, champion mastery, and jungle tracking in that order. I like it. So again, as long as he's getting specific with the farming and if you do miss a CS, what's going wrong with it? If you can't farm, what's going wrong? Because generally you'll find that some games your farming's off because your wave management's off or your tempo assessment's off. You're taking poor quality resets. You've got to be, again, get specific there. Um, Chemi Mastery, again, um, I love I love a focus on Chemi Mastery. Again, I try to get a bit more specific. Maybe it's, you know, champ- a specific part of the game. Maybe it's skirmishes. Maybe it's trading patterns. Maybe it's your mid to late game team fighting, whatever it is. 
Um, but yeah, always optimizing that. And the other one was jungle tracking. Yeah, I like it. I think that it might be a bit hard to do all of them at the same time. But because um, jungle tracking does require a lot of energy. But <clears throat> but yeah, it seems solid to me, dude. His goal is to get diamond. Tom's goal is to get diamond this season. So we've got a long road ahead. Yep. So yeah, I mean, looks like his win rate so far. But don't get too much into the win rate. Remember, we want to see hundreds of games with a 51% win rate this That's season. That's right. Okay. Don't, don't start a new account, Tom. Yeah, once you start dropping a 55% no. win rate, because it's going to happen. You know, once you hit your skill level, you're going to start, you know. You're going to plateau. You're going to plateau. Uh, Ahura, I'm not sure how I pronounce his name. He thinks it's going great. Found insane success after binging Coach Curtis's content. It's actually more addicting than The Mandalorian. Whoa, <laughs> that's a cool show as well. <laughs> I, I swear. So that's what he says. <laughs> I started playing League around June of last year and didn't play ranked until September. And even still, I played two games per week max. Started at Bronze 3 around November when I started to grind more ranked and ended the season in Silver 4. Climbed to Silver 2 in preseason but dropped back to Bronze 3 after placements. But I realized how much I improved since I first started at Bronze 3 and I climbed back to Silver 4 in one day. I'm mainly looking to improve my CS to be at least 7.5 to 8 for Oriana TF and ADCs and above 6.5 for LeBlanc. So it looks like he was a mid and ADC player. <clears throat> Any comments on that, Curtis? Um, I don't like his... I don't like playing LeBlanc in your ELO range. Yeah. I don't think you should be playing LeBlanc at all. Very difficult champ, right? I just say no. Just no. <laughs> just no. Don't even try. Don't even try. No. Nah. for a reason. No. You shouldn't even play LeBlanc till Diamond 4 at least. Okay. Well, that's some advice for you. Um, but also as well, I don't think you should be getting that high CS in silver and low gold. Because it's just chaos. I actually price. think it's bad. Yeah. Because that says to me that you are probably not grouping as much. You're probably not playing with your team. Um, and you're not adapting to the ELO that you're within. So I, I think 7.5 is great. Anything higher than 7.5, probably something's going wrong there. Or you're not playing optimally for the, your ELO bracket. Because of how chaotic the games are. And there's going to be the 15-minute ARAM every single time. Um, so yeah, just keep an eye on that. You know, I think it's good to have high CS, relatively high CS, but don't push it too much. Have a focus on being at the fights that, that actually do happen. You have that example of that. Was it 10 CS Jace player? There was literally in my discord, like near, like he has games where he's going 10 CS per minute. And what year was he? He was goal four. Yeah. When I heard that, I didn't believe it. Yeah. I didn't think it was possible. I can't even get 10. I could barely get 10 CS per minute on Jace in gold. And this gold player. This guy's like there. better than me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like insane on Jace not even like a really good farming champion you know he's decent farmer but not it's not like a you know an Aurelia or a Yone or something like that because you're jung getting jungle camps is not that easy um but yeah I, I just think that's problematic I said that was a problem if you're getting 10 CS per minute in gold then you're seriously not being at fights enough something to consider Kevin here says, going good, trying to climb back to mid-plat after being away from LoL for four years. Spent preseason catching up on new items in the meta. Love that, Kevin. That's awesome. Started ranked in Silver 3 and now Silver 1. Run into a fair amount of trolls griefers, unfortunately, but I'm just focusing on my own gameplay and learning from my mistakes. Excellent. Don't worry about things you can't control. You can't control the teammates on your team. Just focus on your own improvement. You will climb eventually. 
Ville says working just on one or two fundamentals at a time. Currently working on farming and warding. My game is definitely improving in Plat 1 now from Diamond 3. So he's in from his placements, Plat 1. If you're in Plat 1, yes, yeah, that's pretty good right now. Yeah, definitely. Diamond. Um, how good cackles this goes? Everyone's focusing on learning objectives awesome. and fundamentals. This is this is what we do the this podcast for, you know. Chase here says he started a rank schedule, but it's been rough. Uh, Platinum three haven't been moving much, finding it difficult to stay motivated with LP drops. And there's actually a conversation here saying, "So your LP motivates you?" Question mark. There are people who play for rank, and the people who play to improve. You should choose the latter since rank comes with it. And you wouldn't care if you lose LP. That's true. We believe in that as well, don't we, Curtis? Yeah, but it's like it's it's one of those interesting debates where you got to be you got to think about you got to have like motivation. Yeah. So the LP is important, but not at the same time. It's it's good for goal setting, but it's not good to think about during the during the process. Yeah. You know, like you know, getting challenged if you motivates you, Nathan. Yeah. But it's not something you actively think about. No. Is it? Like when you're playing, it's not like, oh, damn it, I lost LP now, in a way. Well, for me, anyway, I literally don't care if I lose LP. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've, I've, I've got to the point where I don't care how much I gain and I don't care how much I lose. Well, in my, it's like my, my mind, I know what a challenger player should be at the level they should be playing at, the mistakes that they should be making, the plays they should be making. And if I play a game, I'm just, no, I'm not there yet. So yeah, and it's okay. I, yeah, so I'm like, okay, I got to work on these yeah. specific details. But it feels good though that you. Yeah, and and LP like the when I climb the the best times I've climbed in League of Legends like in season three days, it, LP was just like randomly coming and disappearing, yeah. and I randomly was like, I, I literally can't remember. Can't remember. Like when I got my three accounts to the top ten, I can't remember like rank. Probably when I was like diamond three to like five hundred, I yeah. literally couldn't remember. remember. I was just playing and just. The post game lobby, it wouldn't even load up. I just play, play again. Yeah, yeah. That's like with me. Even last towards the end of last season, like I, when I was winning every game, I like going from like five hundred to eight hundred and fifty. That was like a blur. It yeah. Just like happened. Yeah. Like it just happened. You're just playing. I was just playing really well. You're super present in those games. Yeah. I just didn't really care. So I mean, um, the motivation. But what do you think about motivation and rank? I mean, it's so. Wait, be motivated he's just, he's, to he's, keep playing because of the LP drops. That's what Shay says. I mean, I mean, I could see that. He says, maybe I phrased it wrong. He says, frustrating might right. be the better. Also, no need to be so aggressive. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's the response to the thing. I don't think you were saying it aggressively. Right. But so he needs to, he says he's so frustrated. frustrated with I mean, that's understandable. Drops. You can be frustrated. Yeah, frustrated. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you're not going to be happy. Losing it, LP, no. you know, like that. That just shows you're a competitive. I mean, I just person. like just embrace it, dude. Yeah, that's part of the journey, man. It's part of the journey, man. You're, you're not gonna it. like again. You're not gonna go from zero to hundred. It's been like a week and a half into into yeah, the season. Like, like, just relax, man. You got another. You got like ten, ten months. You got like two hundred days, dude. Yeah, you know, you a long time. Relax. Um, Thor says he's back at home in lockdown. Haven't played the game of league in months. Let's get let's get to it, Thor Adams. Ended last season with 470 LP on EU West. I had a 20% win rate in the first two days, but I didn't feel bad about it considering I was facing Masters to Challenger opposition. In fact, I felt great about my play and knew that I just had to start, uh, to, had to stay consistent and not let results get to my head and I would climb eventually, which I did. Great mindset. Uh, what could I have done better? He even says, like, what could he have done better? Consolidate my champion pool before season started. I was really comfortable on Jin and Ezreal, but I didn't start playing Kaisa until the new season rolled around. 
Um, Kaiser's is really strong right now. Yeah, Kaiser's is really strong. Yeah, I see her in every game. What's he working on right now? He's working on his invisible narratives. Mm. How interesting is this? A 470 LP player on EUS has still got invisible narratives. No, but that's that's actually through. how it works. The higher you get, the more invisible that's narratives true, you sorry. have. Yeah. That's the way it works. That's true. Because you play so many games to get to that point. I noticed that I developed a defeatist mindset when facing challenger ADC players that I repeatedly lost to in the past. And I'm thinking to myself that I can never be as good as them. I got challenger in season four and it weighs me down. Curtis is 100% right that league is a confidence game, especially in high elo. Yeah. So this season, I'm taking more time to deal with my emotions and challenge the perception I have of myself. Well, this I feel like this segues into my, into my league experience, dude, this season. I had the exact same thing. Well, the first one is the consolidating champion pool. So I thought heading into season 11, I would have Echo. I would have my pool. It would be probably like Victor or Oriana yeah. with... Um, with Yone as my AD and then Echo. And that was like going to be my small little champ pool of three. First of all, I realized I am not ready to play Yone at all. In I'm just not ready. I don't have enough games played on it. I don't have enough time. I, I, and because and what's happened, I've been focusing on my website. I haven't had enough and making content with Victor and stuff mm. like that. I literally haven't had enough time to play Yone. So mm. I, just get, I just put him to the side for now, right? You need Maybe a lot of in the future, but I'm not ready to play him. But Echo... And this is what I want to talk about is that... So I, I made an Echo guide and I had a lot of success with Echo in the preseason. Like I was dominating pretty much every game. It was my most comfortable champion. Had a really good win rate and stuff like that. And it got into the preseason. I mean, the, the actual season. And the champion just felt really, really underwhelming. No matter what happened in the game. Like even if I got ahead and played the early lane like flawlessly, even if like I had perfect CS and I got to my two items perfectly... I wasn't impactful. I, I really wasn't impactful. And it felt like my champion didn't have an identity since the Rocker Belt changes. And it feels like, why play Echo? That's what it felt like when I'm playing. I'm like, why would I play this champion? I don't have an identity. I'm not... So you think the champion right now... Like, so is, it, is it, this... It, is this, this is a high elo thing, I think. So this, this is just a high elo thing? Because 6'10", right? Yeah. He, got, he, had an, he had a really good winner on Echo and we had a lot of success last season with it. Yeah. He said he, he gave up on the champion as well. Okay. And he's not playing it anymore. Yeah. He says he doesn't have an identity either. I don't know what's happened, whether it's the meta shift, whether it's the changes to Rocker Belt or a combination of a lot of things. The champion just feels underwhelming. Okay, first of all, before I could confidently pick it into any control mage and I could feel like I could either push the pace of the game, play really aggressively, or if I'm versing something like a Yone, I had enough burst to, to, to make his life miserable. But I can't. I don't have, there's no favorable matchups anymore. There's actually genuinely, I, there's no situation where I'm like, this is a good Echo game. I lose every match. I lose hard to Victor in the past, and that was a good matchup for Echo in the past. Like Oriana and things like that, with Tier being really cheap and them having a, uh, a lot of mana. Echo can't operate. There's not enough burst. There's not enough threat. I'm like, why would I play the champion when Fizz exists? You know? Now, I think Echo is completely fine in lower elo, like, honestly, all the way up until, you know, probably high diamond. But I think at high diamond, when everyone's playing their champions to a very high level, I think playing um, this champion is just no point. And then actually, and then I actually genuinely stopped having fun with the champion because if if the if his identity, the, the way I interpreted it, wasn't optimal anymore, and you had to play him some weird bruise away, I don't want to do that because I think that maybe the way you play him now is some weird bruise away. I don't know. Um, 
but maybe I'm just over exaggerating, and maybe he's completely fine on all these so other this, yellow brackets. So this wasn't a lost streak thing. This is just, and, th- and this is what I want to talk about. Yeah, because I sound like have you because have you lost confidence on the champion or like what do you reckon? Yeah, I definitely would lo- have lost confidence on the champion. But I mean, I, you're very specific there. You said that right now. You feel like it can't win matchups that should have won, but in the past, yeah, anymore. I'm even specific. Like like before, I would I would be confident in matchups to play them out and and be in a weird like because the thing is, even when I played it well really really well that would have led easily led to a victory before it's not leading to a win anymore like the the the, even when i'm in the greatest positions when it should be a free win it's just not and yes i'm obviously not the best echo player but it feels like if i'm gonna put this much time into pursuing like the the challenger level champion mastery i'm Mm. happy to do that Mm. if i think the reward or the payoff is very high because you're gonna have to invest a lot of time blood sweat and tears I'm happy to do that with a champion that yeah. I think will be around for a long time. But I'm yeah. thinking the way Echo is right now, I just don't think it, that's it. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm changing him for Fizz. And just all in on Fizz. Because I think Fizz has a clear identity. That's all I want in a champion. When I, for me, when I look for champions, I look for champions that have a very clear identity. You yeah. know what their role is in a comp. Yeah. With Echo, I didn't know what my role was. Mm. Am I a burst-oriented assassin? Am mm. I some like split-pushing killing towers? Which, Those are two completely different places. Or am I a team fighting skirmisher? Yeah, what am I? Yeah. Am I a scaling assassin? Am I early chaotic? Ch- what am I? So you have no idea. I mean, I don't know how to win with it. I tried both styles. It didn't. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I put it to the side for now. I mean, who knows in the future? But I need right now. I need to get. I'm trying to figure out my shampoo, and that's what I'm doing. And I don't care. I mean, and this is the thing. This is what I want to. I want to push this narrative. I want... I'm so happy I have a negative win rate, right? I've only, I've only played like 40 games or something like that, 45 games, and I'm at like a 46% win rate or something. I think I'm like 22 and 26 or something like that. Um, and I want to have a negative win rate. I think it's actually good to have a negative win rate right now because I want to show people... Mm. I want to show people you can learn champions on your main account. Mm. You can have a negative win rate. Your MMR can be absolutely cooked. I want my MMR to be terrible. Yeah. I want to be gaining 10 LP a game. <laughs> and losing 20. Yeah, I want to be doing yeah. that. I want to be. Sh- I want to have the worst MMR. And then yeah. I want to just do it. Yeah. And just show people. Yeah. And then uh, and look where I end up. I'm going to try and get like, you know, top 10, rank one, all that sort of thing. And just show people. Across the entire s- yeah. season. Yeah. I want my account to be ugly as. Yeah. That's what I want it to be. I want it to have like these... Well, these champs, like this actually champ with like 30% win rate. Yeah, there. I'm going to have a 30% win rate here, yeah. 30% win rate there, then, yeah. but this one's going to have a 60%. It's going to be like gr- shocking. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, I think I love that as well. It's sending a message, dude. Because yeah. so many people would either make a new account, they'd play on another account, they would learn yeah, they champions say, on another MMR account. Stuff, like, they'd say, man, I've got to make a new account, man, I'm screwed. No, dude, just grind dude, it out. don't dude. like that on the BBC podcast. So, um, grind it out. I, you know what? And I understand that I, I sound incredibly hypocritical right now in the sense that my our mantra is champion mastery, right? Yeah, now you're, you're ditching Echo. But but at some point, I just feel like once you get to the, the level we're playing at, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot. Like I can play a lot of champions and... I don't want to shoot myself in the foot by committing time to a champion that I just don't think I will get as better good results. Mm. Like, I'm not just randomly trying to get challenger. I'm trying to get rank one, or I want to get rank one this season. Yeah. And I got to do it with champions that I, I love and I thoroughly enjoy. I actually got to the point where I just didn't enjoy Echo. I love Fizz. I love Victor. Part of the reason I'm having so much success on Victor is actually, you love the I love the champion, dude. <laughs> it's funny how League works that way. It's yeah. not even good. It's not even that good in solo no. queue, but I, I have a lot of success with it because I love it. Yeah. I have fun. Yeah. And I'll do whatever I can to make it work. Yeah. You're getting creative. Getting super creative. I love it. So, Curtis, that came off Paralyph's question here. Well, you know, these comments saying he 
he switched to costume. He's had to sort of relearn Kaiser. Yeah. We're saying fine. Because at that, that level of play, I think you have to do that. Yeah. At some point, if you really want to be a high level player, you kind of be got to be somewhat a meta slave in yeah. a way. Yeah. To a certain extent. Like, okay, you can play a champion that is like, okay, for example, like Victor. Victor is not amazing, but it's not terrible. And I'm fine. I'm sticking with it. I don't, I don't know to play the best champions on the patch at this level of play, Master Plus, right? But I'm not going to play a champion that's genuinely weak. I think Echo's genuinely weak in higher ELO games right now. But I think Echo's a great assassin for people learning the game and like even getting up to like Diamond 4 and stuff like that. For sure. All right. So Moran here says playing in blocks of three plus review has been really helpful for him. It's a great deal. That, yeah. That's what we talked about in our, um, what was it? The um, our ranked yeah, extravaganza uh, guide podcast, which was episode so number how's, you, how's your rank been going, dude? Yeah, we'll get into that in a second, guys. Did you play in blocks at the moment? Yeah, I play in blocks of three. How's that been working for you? Those we'll, like this guy? We'll get into it. I, I mean, a little preview. I think that this is the most I've improved in a, in the shortest period of time. Just sheer improvement. Yeah. I feel really... Like, I understand what's going on in my games, and I'm writing everything down. I love that as well. Right. We'll talk about that in a moment. I just want to cover a couple more people okay. here. Um, Elicit here says, I convinced myself not to play more than three ranked games, excuse me, three ranked games a day, mm-hmm. and try to review all of them. The first part about playing three ranked games a day is easy. Second one about reviewing all of them feels useless and depressing. I feel like it's not really your job to review your own game in the way that it is so harder to spot your own mistakes rather than checking mistakes from other people. Have you ever noticed that in um, grammar, for instance? I don't know what that means. There. I think we're... Maybe he's saying when you're trying to check your own spelling? Ah. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Mistakes. Sorry, grammatical mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to see your own mistakes in it because you like wrote it. That's actually a good point. So basically saying I've actually never experienced that. Really? For me personally. You can you can catch your you've never not once but like, oh I missed that, even though you kept on reading it over and over again. No. Really? No, dude. Jesus Christ, you're not human. I'm pretty sure it's really common. Is it? Yeah. Uh so or even in a coaching session when a YouTuber or a streamer asks his client at a specific moment, what is your mistake? Pauses the replay and the player has absolutely no idea. Happens to me all the time when I'm reviewing my replays and it's really depressing because so many people made an emphasis on review your games. That's a really good point. Mm, what do you think? I, don't, I think that last one's invalid though. Which one? Because I think when they ask that question, the, the client generally, it's like you don't know what you don't know. They, mm. they don't understand the concepts that are at play. So no shit they don't know. It's not about their inability to review. It's about their inability to spot their mistake in that moment. Just because you're not going to be able to spot every single mistake in a review doesn't mean it's not it's invaluable. Yeah, so you yeah, so you'll definitely be able to review a lot differently than how we would review. You're not going to spot every mistake, no. and that's fine. Yeah, that's the the, the point. Is like, yes, you're not going to be you know you need to be having played the game for you need to play the game for an incredibly long time, and like you know, I feel like I haven't really been able to coach effectively, and I've been playing the game for like. 10 years, mm. right? And coaching pro mm. level. Like it's only been until recently I feel quite confident in my coaching. So yes, with your own reviews, you're not going to be able to spot everything. That's what coaching is for. But um, it's very valuable for looking at the absolute basics. Like even if it's simple as you die and you look at the death. And, and you, Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like players have enough knowledge these days to come up with something helpful for a review. Definitely, dude. There's so much content on manual content. Yeah. Just ours alone. Yeah. There's plenty of other YouTube channels out there. 
our ones alone that you're going to be able to look at the underlying concepts. You're not going to point them all out, but even if you get one thing away from it, let's just say you die, right, to a jungle gank. You know, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to say, is it because, did you ward? Yes or no? Did you have any idea of the jungle spa thing? Yes or no? Were you leaning to one side of the lane? Yes or no? Did you even, did you have any intention with your wave management? Yes or no? Like, it's, it's, I mean, I don't, you don't really have to be a rocket scientist to, to know which one of these you were and weren't doing. Now, I'm not to say that's where you should be directing your attention, but you may start to see trends. Um, so don't put the pressure on yourself to know exactly what's going wrong. Taking something away rather than nothing is a net win. It's and, a net I, and, and I'm sure you can take something away. It could be a cop-out you're saying here, talking about, I just feel like I can't review games properly because I don't have the knowledge, so I won't review. That's like a narrative you could have. Okay, what, what if you think of it like this? Um, what happens if like... if you, Okay, if you were to list all the reasons why you shouldn't review and list all the reasons yeah. why you should review, yeah. like I'm pretty sure the reasons why you should review will outweigh it. Mm. I mean, the reasons you shouldn't... Okay, let's just say what the negatives could be to play. Let's, let's agree with him, right? Okay, so negatives to review. You could look uh, at like the wrong things and overcomplicate your games potentially. Yeah. Wasting time, you just want to get into the next game. That's a good thing, though. I actually want people to waste time in their review sometimes. Yeah. Because that actually gives them a time to refresh yeah. a little bit. Okay, so that's actually a positive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> anyway. But people could view it as a negative because they want to get into yeah, the next yeah, game. Yeah, they could easily know? view that as a negative, yeah. Um, Why well, they shouldn't. So they're overcomplicating potentially. Uh, overcomplicating. They could literally say the wrong thing in a way. Like, <laughs> make them worse in a way by... Saying it was the re- it w- this was the right play, I don't know. I'm just well, like, then you got to be honest with yourself, dude. Yeah. You, you, you know, like that's know. that's that's not the, re- the review problem. Or, at that or point. you could like you could spend your time looking at what other people did wrong. Yeah, if you went into the review with a mindset, I'm going to go in here yeah. and look at how my jungler screwed my lane. Yeah, like you could actually do that. People would do that. They would like go into the review mm. and look at their jungler giving double buffs to their laner and say, "This is it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the game." <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, you could view it like that. But let's look at the positives. What would the positives be? Even if, let's just say this guy has limited knowledge. He hasn't watched much of our content, right? For some reason. Let's say he hasn't watched yours or my content. Um, the positives would be, you could actually clarify. Okay, okay, this is an interesting thing, by the way. We haven't spoke about this. Is that sometimes when you're in a game... You don't actually realize, like, it's very emotional and you miss things. You're not going to know every single thing in the game. Like, you're not going to be able to think about every variable. You're not going to soak in every bit of information. And so when you die in, in, a, in a skirmish or you die to a game or you take a poor trade, once you actually get into it, you'll actually be able to say, oh, I didn't even think, I mean, I didn't know his E had that low of a cooldown. And you actually look at it, oh, it's actually a really low cooldown. Holy crap. Or I didn't know his mana, this, this, this ability didn't cost much mana. I, th- I thought he couldn't cast that. Or it could even be like, um, wow, I didn't know the jungler could do that path. Or, oh, what the hell? They actually ping this? I didn't even see that ping. Like, you just see things. You do see things, yeah. You just see things. Um, and it can make things, some things click over time. Because you're not going to have that, a super logical view of the game when you're in it. You're mm. in the shit. You can't, mm. af- you can't think about stuff. You've got to move on. Go, go, go. Next play, next play. You next will play. pick something. And that's why there just must be something. There has to be something. You know? Right? It's positive. I mean, that's, that's why I struggle to literally come up with negatives to review. Yeah. You know? I just, haven't, I just can't even think of any. 
Alex here says, I completed all my provisionals on all three accounts. Oh, what do we think about that one, Curtis, already? Complete waste of time. My main got gold four with 8-2, plat season 10. After that, I went to play jungle only from a bronze account. This was because I think I'm not good enough at punishing enemy mistakes, slowing slash pushing the tempo when I need to scale, when I'm at a power spike and tracking the enemy jungler. I think those games are helping me. I still feel like I have what to improve, but do you think those steps are a good approach for Season 11? The approach is basically, one, play no mechanical champions. Two, play role which allows you to focus primarily on your bad skills. Jungle tracking, controlling the tempo of the game and assessing when you're ready to push the game. Climb to a point close to your elo. I will push the bronze account to gold plat. Try to apply the new skills to your main, in my case mid lane. When you are ready, transfer to your second smurf, or if you're confident, you can go to the main account and climb even faster. Oh, <laughs> I don't think this is everything we don't say yeah, to do. This is everything wrong. This is this is almost. If as, you want to know what not to do, yeah, you follow this guy. Yeah, this is Alex's comment. Alex Tavnov. Holy moly! Oh, I mean, so I think he's, so. This is a narrative right now. Yeah. To track jungle, he has to play jungle on a bronze account to learn how to jungle, and that's going to help him accelerate climber super high on his main account when he goes back to mid lane. Because he cares about his win rate. I believe that, that so. has to be the underlying yeah. thing. He thinks that he's he thinks that by like randomly focusing on like a new learning object, like he he wants to. I s- hate that that this sentence. You know, when you are ready, when you are ready. I hate yeah, that. There's no ready. Just- well, you're never ready. You get into that game. You got a 51%. Let's go. Like 49% win, 30% win rate. <sighs> okay. So what he, I think what he's trying to do. You know how I spoke about the why people um, like how learning actually works. So like you get to a level, right? And then you plateau. And in order to get to the next level, you actually get worse because because you actually have to set new learning objectives. So you actually play worse, and then you get better. The what he's trying to do, I think, is like skip that bit where you go down. And then go up and like try and get to the next plateau. But the problem is with doing this is that you actually don't learn because you're versing pl- the, the games are unrealistic and they're not what will happen in the games that you're playing in. Mm. You, like you think you're actually learning skills, but because you're not actually getting tested in other areas, you have more mental capacity than you otherwise would. So even if you go into your main account, as soon as you're playing in gold rather than bronze and you know, you're trying to play, you're playing gold two now, gold one, whatever it is, and you're trying to get to plat. Nothing, basically nothing of what you learnt in silver is going to be applicable. And you've wasted all that time not playing in your current actually, elo, yeah. and learning things and getting tested. And, and then the other level. thing, you've actually can probably get poor habits. You actually get worse. Yeah, yeah. This actually makes you worse um, because you're actually getting poor habits. You can you get away with things that you think you're doing right, but you're just not getting punished at all. You can answer, it's actually very dangerous. Yeah, I think he asks... Do you think this way will work or will it worsen my gold plat level of play? Yeah. Yes, you're going to become you'll get worse. 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 Yeah. You'll get worse. So don't go on your main, only play on your main. Set learning objectives, lose a few games, go again. And what he's actually going to do, he's actually going to create ranked anxiety by doing this. Yeah. Because he's going to think, I have to win on my main now. Yeah. You know, because, it's, it's go time. Because I've learned all these skills and now if I don't win, you're going to, you're going to oh, be so screwed, He's going to be so in his head yeah. if he loses. Yeah. Because his expectations of himself are so high, yeah. he can't lose. No, nah, because this is this is what he said. This is the approach. He says, when you're ready, so this is step, yeah, step ready, number oh five. No. When you're ready, transfer it to your second Smurf, or if that you're confident, a recipe for disaster. you go onto the main account and climb even faster. Who says you're going to climb, you know? Yeah. Like, what happens if you don't climb even faster, you know? Yeah, you, what happens when you decline? Yeah. 
Holy shit. That's a recipe for disaster. Be careful, Alex. Be very careful. I mean, I, feel, I think if you continue that trajectory, you're going to... um, You probably quit the game. Mm. You don't. You won't make it. No. You'll get so frustrated, you'll explode. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've thought through this process a lot. And I'm it's scared. very scary. Yeah. And you're ruining other people's gaming experience. Yeah. So screw you, dude. Yeah. I mean, I love you for tuning in, but at the same time, screw you. I hate Smurfs. Yeah. Not All nice. right. The next one I want to highlight here, this is from your Discord server. This is about stories of people's ranks. Because again, we want to yep. we want to tell everyone to share what each of our struggles and difficulties are on this podcast. See what you guys can relate to other players. You're not alone in your rank journey. You know, that's what we want to highlight here on the Broken by Concept podcast. So this is from Gifts Forgiven. You obviously know him very well. Yep. How long have you known Gifts for? When did you join your Discord? Oh, man. I don't know, actually. At, least, at least probably like... At least probably six months. Jeez. I would say. Something like that. All right, so Gift says, Something I'd like to share with you all. I've had a pretty interesting journey this year with League and my interactions with the coaching server and the Broken by Concept podcast. So I think it means your server and yeah. the podcast. Yeah. I've struggled a lot in multiple areas, but I think the thing I've struggled the with the most above all is the mental game of League of Legends. I've been my own worst enemy for over a year now, sabotaging my chances for growth and success wherever possible. I did a lot of reflecting recently, and I've decided to take a deep dive into my mental. I've boiled down a lot of mentality shifts that I need in my gameplay to three mantras. Number one, just have a crack at it. Your performance in-game does not reflect who you are as a person. There is nothing at stake. All you're doing is giving it your best shot and learning something along the way. Number two, chaos is inevitable. Embrace it. Things don't always go the way you want. Your bot lane loses multiple 2v2s. Your jungler makes a poorly timed invade and dies, gives doubles. It's up to you to embrace the inherent chaos of solo queue. League isn't about how good of a planner you are. It's about how flexible of a player you are in the moment. As Bruce Lee famously said, be like water. His third mantra, you are the only reason for your success and failure. Riot's matchmaking is not out to get you. Your teammates are not into you. You are in the rank you deserve. And you are the only one who can change that rank. You might not be the reason you won or lost the game, but you are the reason you succeed or fail. It all comes down to you, nobody else. And he actually came up with a desktop background with these three mantras. Um, we might actually, we can share with our, yep. maybe we can put on as a community post saying yep. after this podcast. Yep. He said it's, it's available for the public. So, um, there's another one in black and well, black. Yeah. Yeah. I think that one was a lot better because yeah. everyone, everyone it likes a white black background. One. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, do, do we even agree with these mantras, Curtis? You, yeah, spoke, you did it. some coaching with him. Yeah. Right, so to come we up spoke with about these things because, because what I've found, and I think this really holds people back and it's, it sounds like a bit of a buzz statement, like the whole chaos thing. Right. But it's just, it's just legit. I mean, because the thing is, people think that, you know, they come in with a game plan. It's like Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, I love that. It's the perfect. It's, it's the perfect. So thing. relates to League so well. Okay. Y- yes. You know how to play from ahead. You yeah. know how to win a game if everything goes perfectly. But how many games is that going to happen? There are so many variables that will play. Like you said, your jungler can do something wrong. Your top laner, your bot lane, the enemy support will roam. The mid laner can just ditch waves and go. You've got to be ready to adapt. You're versing different players every time, playing different champions every time. So many things can happen from level one. So in the long run, the player that is the most adaptable, versatile, you know, flexible, 
someone who can understand the underlying concepts and apply them to every single game, they're the one that's going to have long-term success. And if you come into a game thinking, as soon as you get punched in the face once, you die to a random roam or your bot lane messes up, whatever it is, and you check out, we think, that's it, this game's unrealistic, or this game's out of my control, that's it. You're just not going to climb. That's it, simple. You're not going to climb. It's, it's chaos is 100% inevitable. And it's even less about, it's, you know, there's two, there's, I like to view this in two aspects. There's the practical element of it in the sense that you know how to assess and constantly update your role in a game. You may come in thinking you're the carry and you want all the resources, but then you might think, holy crap, my bot lane's actually killing it right all now. All I need to do is not die or just minimize and like my jungle's playing towards them. That's my you job. Yep. All I need to do is not die right now. I don't need to do anything special right now. We're going to win. Yeah. Other games, you're going to have to be the carry. It's all on you. Mm. And you're versing a new new mid. They roam bot like three times, but you have all the resources. You're playing Cassiopeia, but you're two levels up. You got to execute. The carry is on you. So you have to be able to identify your role each game. So that's a practical sense, right? But the second one, it's more its more like that that free flow element, isn't it? Because you know what? This is more of a philosophical and more of like a be a bit esoteric, but like even though in our lives, right? Mm. We don't even know what's going to happen in the next month, no. next week. Coronavirus pandemic, bam, you got to adapt. Yep, coronavirus pandemic. Even with what we do, right? Like just something, you come up with a new idea and you want to do something different. Or, you know, you, you found a new way to structure your coaching. Or you found a... Whatever it is in life, shit happens. Shit hits the fan, dude. You can't plan years and years. And you know, you've got to be willing to adapt. You might have health issues. Someone in your family has problems. We don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. How many of you out there listening thought that, you know, 2020 or even like, even now heading into 21, I said this on the last podcast, 2021 is going to be a shit show. Mm. That's one of my, my expectations. Mm. I'm, I'm going to be willing to adapt. Mm. Do I have to stay locked down for another whole year in my thing? Do I have to move to the country and live like a hermit? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to be willing to adapt, you know? Yeah. You're open to it, Curtis. Yeah, I'm open to it. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not thinking that everything's going to be okay. Everyone's going to get a vaccine. We're going to be all good. I don't believe that. The mm. vaccine probably might, might not even work. Yeah. So, so anyway, what I'm getting at is you have to... That's the main core in my favorite of the three, personally. So your favorite is the second one, Chaos, and it is inevitable. We embrace it. Because it's the mental aspect heading into the game. Yeah. It's Just the, getting ready for anything. Getting absolutely ready for anything. anything. Okay, my bot line died. All right, what's next? What, do yeah, I do? what's what does next? that mean? What's next what does that mean? Yeah. How do, I, how do I deal with this information? Yeah. My personal favorite is number one, just have a crack at it. Yeah. You love that one. That's my site. Have a crack. Didn't you get that from me? Have, just having a crack. Yeah, have, just a have, crack. A, have a crack. Yeah, I just love it. Just have I might, a crack. You know what? I'm, Such an Aussie term, isn't it? Is, is it an Aussie? Aussie? I don't know. I thought it was an Aussie I don't thing. know where I got it from, but I would always say it. Just have a crack. Just have a crack, you know? It's like, if I, you know, my goal is to get Challenger. Challenger this season, I might not get it, no. but I'm just going to try. Yep. You know, you can't, you can never. And I love that. I, I found this quote from ASAP Rocky in an interview ages ago. Mm. You can't. No one's going to hate on you for trying. That's right. Whoever hates on you for trying, like, what sort of loser hates on someone for trying? Yeah. Like, like get you know, get a life, dude. If someone mm. hates on you for trying, mm. dude. I'm already above here. If I f- if try and I fail, even if I don't get the result I want. At least I had a go, dude. I, at least I put myself out there and had an actual go. That's all you can do. If you can go out there and express your best self, see what you're capable of, there's nothing you should be ashamed of. Have a shot, dude. People are afraid to actually have a crack. Yeah, because they're scared of failing. I might, it actually feels the best. Yeah, I might, I might fail completely, but I still would have learned a lot, you know? And like, obviously, I, you know, obviously I have luxury getting better at my craft as People well. People are, are capable of way more than they think. Mm. That's one. Now that is one thing I never would have thought I would say in the past, but I think it's 
goddamn true. Mm. Remember that documentary we watched, The Dawn Wall? Yeah, that's a perfect example. That's a perfect it. example. Yeah. People are really good at actually doing, achieving way more than they thought was ever possible. Really good at it. David Goggins talks about this, Curtis. Spraying for cockroaches at 24 to pull up record, Navy SEAL. That's his narrative was he couldn't, that was the peak of his life. Just eating donuts, fat, and spraying for cockroaches. Pack it up. People are very, can achieve way more than they think they can. So we'll share that wallpaper. Yeah, we'll share that. You can, I mean, I'll, I'll I, my, so for those of you who are in my Discord, it's in the Broken by Concept channel yeah. for Nathan. We'll post it on the YouTube yeah. uh, uh, the thing. It's this one here, isn't it? The, the, the black, maybe yeah. do, yeah, do the black one. Oh, we'll, we'll do that one. Oh, I also wanted you to share that story, Curtis, of that guy who who hid away from his friends to play. Oh, yeah. So I, I got a Sorry. message um, from a guy on my Discord telling me about how he always had like toxic friends, like, you know, jab at him probably for like losing rank games or like maybe commenting on his loss streaks or having expectations about his level of play and his rank. And so what he decided to do is in the preseason, he made a new account, leveled it up from scratch and just and played his small champion pool. And got like D2 in the preseason on this account. He like went past his peak or something like that. And he's been, and so on this new account, no one knows he plays on it, has no friends, None of his friends name, do. unknown okay. ID. No one knows. Yeah. And he's been playing like amazingly set. It feels so free. And that what was holding him down was the, the opinions of his it friends. It was nothing his, about his gameplay. It was yeah. purely the, the pressure that his friends and his toxic friends. Yeah. And he's realized he's, had, he's, had, he's starting to cut out these toxic friends at his, his, his um, friendship circle. And it was doing that exercise that made him realize how much of the, his mental, this, all this thing in his head and then he, it was holding him back. And then he could figure out which ones were toxic friends. And Yeah, he's been figuring out which one's toxic. I think he's in the process of it at the moment. Yeah. I love that story. So cool. Um, yeah. Actually insane. So about your, Nathan, we've spoken to a lot of people's rank, Joe. What about yours? Yeah. Tell me a bit about you. What have you been, yep. what have you been doing? So let's do it. Uh, because this is going to be a segment. This is a weekly segment. Okay. The update on, on Nathan Mott's journey. Okay. okay. Yeah. We've spoken a little about yours. So, yep. Uh, another week has gone by. I'm still record, reviewing every single game and writing down notes. So the way that I literally do it is I, because um, I share this with my members, my rank journey as well, right? So what I do is I record my reviews just using Streamlabs OBS or whatever um, and then I write down my notes on pen and paper I don't like typing things out I'm okay. just not a typer okay um, write it down and then the next day I'll make the video of all the the games that I reviewed together for that day I'll sort them all by you know timestamps and then I'll write those notes I'll type them up on my you know my coaching platform so that's what I do every single game. I feel like it's such a therapeutic exercise for me as well. It's like I write down my notes on paper and then the next day I write them on the computer as well. Then I get to recap. It's like, oh, I'm making these mm, mistakes again. It's like the you bookmark know. thing. Yeah. It's like you're seeing where you what, like where you left off in a way, where you were thinking, what your thinking was like. So um, right now I have played 69 games this season. Mm-hmm. I have a 52% win rate. And I'm Master Tier 68 LP, yep. which is rank 54 on OS right now. Is that rank 54? Yeah. What the hell? I know. It's pretty crazy. No. So I did have a 14% win rate on Hecarim. I have started to feel a little bit more understanding how the way Hecarim works. A big thing for me is... What changed? Um, just not ulting. <laughs> just hold your ult man all the time and take small wins no it's actually the biggest one was from that small wins that we talked about from last episode small wins like I've really worked on that a lot more so now I have a 42% win rate on Hecarim from that yep. 14% yep um, 
So I would say that. So recently I've been playing in like the challenger games, like the rank one players, like key sale, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll say that I'm actually really struggling to keep up with pace in some of these games. Because yep. obviously I, um, I, you know, I've always played against like the diamond junglers and like low master tier and stuff. And it's a different game. Mm-hmm. It, it really is yeah, a different it's very game. Different. And like, I am just straight up losing my team games from super simple mistakes that I wouldn't actually make. I feel like when I was playing in diamond, because I'm in this mindset where like, I have to do things. Cause I'm like, I'm a jungler. I got to do things in this game. Cause I'm playing with high elo players and like, you got to do stuff. It's like, and we talk about this all the time, but I just switch my mentality for some reason. Cause it's like, I got to do stuff. So like I'm dying on crabs. My first crab, which you should like, it's almost, if you have the right information, you should never die on the first crab. Mm. Unless you're taking an intentional 50, 50 fight. Right. right. So, uh, one game, I even didn't even bother tracking the jungle where they started. Yeah. Just uh, like basics. Very basic. Stuff that I preach all the time. And um, yeah, I'm literally just single-handedly losing my team. My, I went on a four-loss streak yesterday. I played one game with you, where I literally insta, insta, pretty much instant lost the game from dying on crab. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely struggling. Like I, I, I'm realizing how hard it's going to be to get to Challenger now. Right. Like I've been hovering. I mean, I've been around Master 50, 60 LP for the last... Um, four days. I really haven't. I'm not climbing anymore. Like I think this is my skill level right now. Okay. So, um, but it's fun. It's fun. My Nunu is really good, and I have this reputation now of being an OS in, as in terms of being a Nunu one trick. Mm. And it it sort of like annoys me a little bit because it's like he's he's not a mechanical champion. I'm obviously known mm. as not a mechanical yeah. player. So I don't know. I, I, what are you gonna do? I, about I don't it? know. I feel like I'm starting. I'm close to getting into an identity crisis on my champ pool, but I need to just not give a fuck yeah. about people's opinions, dude. I think and you just, just got to commit. I'm just going to commit to it, dude. Like look at that 69% we made on Nunu. Like if I just play Nunu a lot, I feel like I should be able to as, as long as you higher. get careful though, because you don't want to rely on it. Yeah, well that's the dangerous that's, thing. That's like, the dangerous I'm still spring. You can make that your identity if you continue this trajectory. And then people push that identity on you yep, as well. People like, push that like identity onto in, you. In, in champ select, I hover Hecarim or Eve because those are the other champs yep. in my pool. Play Hecarim. Yep. Play Nunu. Play Nunu. And I sort of listen to them sometimes. Yep. And like, not, oh, it's fuck. not good at all. So I'm well, starting so you, to go you, down I the think hole. right now you should start this journey of not playing Nunu as much now. Well, I'm sort Isn't of it, conscious of it. scared? I'm, I'm scared. I don't know. I actually don't know what to do here. I think it's pretty simple, dude. You think that I just... Nathan, stop the, the most difficult thing to do yeah. is go... If you're higher yeah. and you get to say... Let's say you get to like 450 LP with Nunu. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then... Just you, and then you And then like you get... Yeah, with that one champion. Yeah. So you're a 450 LP Nunu player. But then you start, you're like, fuck, I'm sick of being a Nunu one trick you're going to go on a huge loss streak. Mm. Not because you're even that bad on the champions, just because like you're going to get flamed. You're going to have like all these like crazy expectations of your level of play and shit like this. It's just going to be messy. I just need to be, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just saying it's yeah. a recipe for disaster. I'm feeling it, dude. It's, it's getting close, man. Yeah. Just be careful. Be very careful. So, but you know, I'm still sprinkling in Eve and mm. like I've played 12 games of Hecarim. I've got 29 on Nunu. So it's oh, okay. Like 10 is Eve. Yeah. So, you know, like, uh, it's not like, like a complete one trick, you know? Yeah. I tried at some Olaf yeah. games yesterday and <laughs> I just don't understand the champion identity right yeah, now. You need to, I think you need to stick to three for now, not yeah, four. I think I'm pushing they it. Think, I think Hecarim, Eve, and I think Hecarim, Eve, and Nunu are the good pool, isn't it? Yeah. It's okay. That's what my intention pool. Yeah. Well, the problem is I struggle against Kindred and like Olaf, like completely yeah, counter my pool. Right. 
And these are very meta champs right oh, now. That's so annoying. So, like, some games yeah. I'm just like, I go into the game just knowing I'm just going to get screwed, but, yeah. like, I'm just going to do my best, really. Okay. So, that's my ranked update so nice. far. So, you know, we're getting there. Getting there. Is there anything else you want to talk about your curse? Let's look at your OPGG right now. No, I haven't really been playing that much. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out my champ pool. Yeah. Been playing a lot of Victor because I did the Victor guide. So what's your champ pool right now? Well, the one thing I'm super confused about is support pick. I need an off roll, a secondary roll pick. It. And my secondary roll support, right? And I've been experimenting. I need to find one. I just want one. For me, last season was actually Pantheon. But Pantheon's been changed. And I actually played a game with it and went okay. But like... Not being able to block tower shots with the E is actually really big. It actually changes a lot with what you can do. I feel like I might as well just like, I'm trying to find what engage support to all in on, whether it's like Set or Thresh or like Leona or Alistair or something or whatever it is. I'm just trying to find that. So I'm actually trying to find that at the moment. Um, I have Victor. I have Fizz and Victor. That's it. And I have Renekton as well. That's it. But I have all these other champs I, can, I know I can already play to a higher level, but I don't want to play them. I know I can play TF, Galio, Oriana to like a challenger level. Yeah. But I, I don't want to rely on them yet. I want yeah. to re, reinvigorate my pool a bit. You got it. So I'm, I'm all leaning on Fizz, um, Renekton, and Victor for now. Got it. Um, so I think Renekton mid's like, it's good. And actually one thing, one champ I was actually thinking of having in here was Cassiopeia. So I was actually thinking of Jesus Victor. Christ, this is a huge pool, man. There's four. That's four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because Victor doesn't really count because I'm so comfortable with it. Yeah. So like the other three is like it would be Fizz and Cassio as well. I'm already really comfortable. So it's like it's not like I'm dead brand new champions. Hmm. Um, the only ones I'll struggle with with is Fizz, but I'm, I'll get there. And I'm willing to lose a lot with Fizz because I have to learn it. So yeah, I think I'm thinking of adding Cassio again, but we'll see how that goes. So wait, wait. So you are you a challenger level player on any of the champs in your pool right now? Victor, uh, for sure. Victor, for sure, and that's it? Um, yeah, not there yet with Fizz, not there with Renekton, not there with... I would say I'm very close with Cassio, though. Even though I haven't played it, I know I am. So I'll say, yeah, just with Victor right now. But then I'm not playing the other three that I'm at a challenger level at. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get there. I mean, part of me as well wants to test myself to see if I can get challenger with Nunu. As like a start. You can do that if you want. I think it's up to you, man. It's a big decision to make. It is a big decision. All right, so I reckon we dive in to the rest of this episode, okay. which is going to be the main part of this episode. Yeah. So I was talking to you a few days ago um, how I kind of wanted to just spice up the podcast a bit, right? Spice up the podcast. Yeah, I mean... With some Coach Curtis opinions. Well, the thing is, dude, is that like... There's a lot of just the confident. same regurgitated opinions on the same <clears throat> topics. So where are these p- opinions coming from, Curtis? No, it's just the same shit about Reddit. The same yeah. non... No, nothing goes deep. Yeah. Nothing goes very, very deep. Surface level yeah, conversation. Surface level conversation. This thing sucks. This thing's good. This thing sucks. Yep. So what I wanted to do is kind of do a... I was just thinking a lot about Riot. I was thinking a lot about League, the trajectory of League as a game. I was thinking about a few things. And one of the points I was thinking at was one of the things I was riffing off of was, and and look, this is going to be a bit of an exploratory conversation. I don't know where this is going to lead and I might, I might even be wrong. I'm open to be completely wrong here. I'm throwing it out there. A part of me feels like Riot and League of Legends is going down the route of Facebook. And what's that route? Where they started out very pure and they had a great concept, a great idea, and even had, you know, people... The actual user experience, everyone loved it. It was a great idea. That's why it became so popular. It was it filled a niche in the market. People really enjoyed using Facebook. It actually had positives, massive positives, connecting people around the world. You know, it was there slowly, wasn't it? Connecting people around the world, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
But then what happened, we look at Facebook now, they never would have thought they had the impacts or these negative impacts on the world that they, when they started this. Yeah, and the whole political game. And the whole political game. The, 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 the Getting sued for data leaks. data and stuff and just crazy, like, yeah, influence campaign, political literally campaigns. Literally, Mark Zuckerberg in front of Congress talking, he has to explain himself and stuff like that. And like, and even like the effect it's having on the younger generation with this image, like even like- Social media. Social media. The general. effect social media's had on society mm. as a whole. Mm. And I want to talk about league and the impact it could be having, and it may potentially have. So you future. you think right now, um, league is going to be in that situation where they've got such big responsibility yeah. now that they're not managing it right now, and it's close to getting off the rails. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried that they're unaware, or either they are aware and they they're not doing anything about it of the negative impact that they are having on society. So what's the negative impact? Because how many players play league? There's a lot, man. I mean, we're in the hundreds of millions, right? Do they play or have played? I don't know. There's just a lot. Yeah. Now, I like to think about this super simply. It's the biggest game in the world. Biggest game in the world. Yeah. I like to think about this super simply. Let's think about the user experience, the player experience, okay? If you were to play up and play a queue up and play three games of ranked solo queue in a row, the chances of one of them being an incredibly miserable experience because they're either getting hardcore abused or, you know, just, yeah, just having, like, absolute anxiety because of, you're scared of what's going to happen in that game based of what other people say to you and what people do to you. People trolling you, AFKing, running it down, stealing your little minion ways, whatever it is. The fact that this exists so often and so commonly and, and, and what this is doing to people, like, there are kids that are addicted to the game. They've made a very addictive game. With the skins, with the Absolutely. rank system. Yeah. They made an incredibly addictive game yeah. where, you know, there are people out there that say they're going to quit and they have a miserable experience playing the game, but they still play. Mm. They're addicted mm. and they can't stop. Mm. And what this could be, ha- this could be having a massive effect on people's mental health, their self-confidence, their image, the way they view themselves, their inability to improve. They, they could actually f- creating a fixed mindset because the messages that are getting propagated throughout the industry I mean, there are a lot of dangerous, toxic things going out there. Now, what it brings me back to is, you know, yes, Curtis, you're a negative Nancy. You're talking about all these negatives. But <laughs> we all love League. I play it. You know, we love the game. I love the game as well. I think it's the greatest game ever. It's the most amazing game. And some of those, uh, some of my greatest memories of my life are playing League. Some mm. of the most fun I've ever had. Mm. But it's worrying to me how common these negative experiences are. And the fact that I have to mute all, like, majority of my games, it's just a it's just a huge fucking problem. And now it leads me back to Riot. It leads me back to League of Legends. So you think it's a huge problem because you feel like you shouldn't have to do that? Well, it feels like it just goes unpunished. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's embedded in the culture. Yeah. It's literally becoming yeah, it's accepted. Yeah, to the point, yeah. Right? Because everyone else doesn't know. Even everyone gets even away with it. toxic discords and like the whole, you yeah, know, we talk about whatever that. it is. It's just, it's, we've talked about this episode, a thousand, all of our episodes, right? So For so long. And... It leads me back to the point where, at the end of the day, League of Legends and Riot, it's, it's a business. They're here to make money. That's what people can forget. People forget that yeah. League of Legends is a business. Yeah. And let's actually break down their business model. Yeah. Their business model, they have a free-to-play game, mm. which is mass, right? The reason they have free is you want mass audience playing the game, and then you have cosmetics, and you have other little things that you can buy in that in the game through well. right points which you need to pay which for you need to pay for right yep. microtransactions is a very popular business model right and that was that and so their model 
revolves around mass. Yeah. Um, well, having as many players as possible to buy their skins not, and their... Not the quality of players, the quantity the of quantity, players. That's right. right. You want this yeah. mass quantity of yeah. people playing the game, getting addicted, spending money on the game. Yeah. And now, especially since Riot has been bought out, right? They were bought out by Tencent. Yeah, many years They're shareholders yep. that want money. They want to see growth. They mm. want to see profits. They want to mm. see you know, big revenue, minimal expenses. And the best way to get revenue and grow is to get more players and also to make more champions with more skins. More skins, more champions, you know, just just more shit to you to get obsessed with the game so you don't get, like, bored or mm. whatever. Mm. Well, if you think about it, like, League? When has ever anyone... Have you ever heard anyone say League is boring because there's just no champions? Mm. Or like... No one's quit the game because there wasn't enough champions. No one's... And I Everyone's like, where's my Yon? <laughs> Yon is no not coming. You can release one champion every like three months, yeah. four months. We really, how many new champions did we get in the last like five months? There was like Lilia, Yone, Samira. Um, what was the other one? There was another one. There was like four. It was a very short period of time. Yeah. And we get skins up the ass 24-7. Now, like, when have you heard someone say, yeah, I'm bored of this game. It's not complex enough. It's not enough champions. It's not changing enough. There's already patches all the time. The game is a beautifully designed game. Now, what the reason I'm bringing this up is that I believe more people quit the game, more people want to quit the game or have a negative experience with the game or just generally don't play the game as much as they would have purely because of the negative experiences playing the game. Mm. I get abused. It's toxic. It's too stressful. Like I don't I hate the whole the whole system. Like there are so many flaws in the system, and it, it just leads me to the the point is like maybe they're just not incentivized. Like let's talk about incentivizations. So the the people at the top making the decisions. So 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 you're saying that they right should focus more on the experience the, the user experience the user experience rather than um making more money making more money and growing, growing, growing rather than growth let's just let's just stop growing for a second yeah even though this wouldn't make like maybe in terms of financially right maybe this is a problem with the model like rather than just focusing on growth and making it sexy and all these events and shit like that Let's. I, I, I urge any one of these Riot executives to mm. play... Fucking, you play solo queue. You play queue up into ranked and get abused. It's true, yeah. You do that. Yeah. You're telling... You're pushing this game saying how like, amazing and positive it is and how, how many people should play it. Yeah. We talk about how... And we talk, maybe we're to blame as well. We talk about how great League is. And I truly believe it's an amazing tool for self personal development well there's people that write into us curtis where we tell them that they potentially shouldn't be playing the game because they need to sort out real life stuff but when have we well. heard that yeah people should the people that shouldn't play the game the people that are actually probably losing self-confidence mm. ruining their self-image mm. probably actually furthering their mental health issues when have we heard this shit well so this is the thing curtis like right would have to publicly acknowledge that and that would be damaging to them because then people will be like Oh, Riot's saying that their game's actually super negative. That will just get slaughtered yeah, in the public the media. the public game in the media. Yeah. And the, then if there goes your share price. There goes, there goes the, the shareholders and they're going to piss off. They can't yeah. recognize. They're no. not incentivized to recognize the problem. No. They can't go out there and say, look, there's a massive problem with toxicity. This is what we're going to do. How, how could they say that? You know, if they would admit that that was true, then what does that mean? It's been going on for a long ass time, you know? It's this failure to recognize what is going on. And we've told them there was so many smart people out there that are a billion dollar company, billion dollar company where there's a lot of smart people out there with a lot of unique solutions. 
show me any of them apart from like oh cool cool you introduced smurf you mm. which is that's one thing mm. which is not really even to do with toxicity it's purely mm. just get rid of smurfing which mm. you know has a pretty i think it's pretty good but mm. like how can like you hire like i said it's super super simple you create the trickle down effect so this, so this is uh, this is the so people proposed solution. This might not even be what they do or what they should do. Okay, but so it's a solution. Yeah. So we have a big belief that it must come top down in terms of the best players need to be set in the role model about how to interact with other teammates and how to play the solo game. That's correct. So and, and, and this is not to the extent it's like, oh, we're all friends and all happy and no, stuff like that. No, they don't right? have to be positive. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. Like, don't just hardcore abuse someone. Yeah. Like, can yeah. you not do that? I heard, I heard that um, there's really popular this term called rope, rope it. I don't, I don't know what that is. In NA. Oh, right. This is a really popular term in NA. Someone popularized it. Basically saying, you know, kill yourself through, right. you know, through hanging yourself. Like, that. that's what that's that... That's actually, like, used commonly. Yeah, that's commonly used. Like, the fact that that is commonly used... And Wright's actually going to put rope as a banned word. Like, just the fact that that has to happen... How like, crazy is that. that? Think about that. Has to act, they have to recognize that comment. They have to use it as a band. Like, yeah. what the hell, man? Yeah. That is messed up. It is, isn't it? That's messed up. Yeah. So, like, again, our solution, to clarify, is you would get hire a team of a few people on each server to scan and have insane consequences for any form of toxicity in, in, in Master Plus games. Okay? There's not many people playing in Master Plus on some of these servers. It wouldn't even take that much. And it's the fact that you would even have to not ban... You know, it would be over time, but it's the fact that people are getting banned for like permanent. We're talking permanently banned on these accounts. That's that fear is going to like actually kick in. And like, yes, this is not the way to go about it all the time. Maybe we want we want positive reinforcement, but just like enough is enough. You know, mm. like at some point this has to this has to be brought about. And you know what? I'm going to just say it. I'm going to call it out. Right? I'm going to go ham here. All right, here we go. Okay. I'm just going to go ham here. Yeah. All right. Just go, because this is your platform. This is our podcast. In, in Oceania, right? There are like these players that like have insane egos but haven't achieved anything. Mm. And this is the problem, is that these players that treat other people like shit and are literally just like awful to play with, um, they're getting signed by orcs. For example, Kevy mm. getting signed by direwolves mm. as their jungler. What a fucking joke. Mm. So what, what's Kevin done specifically? Oh, he's just toxic as fuck. Yeah. Just abuses people. Yeah. He's not. A, he and wouldn't be a good so, role model. He, he okay. You're pushing the this is like the role models of the of the oceanic community. Mm. You're picking up a toxic asshole. Mm. It's funny that I'm literally around the dials. Like <laughs> what a disgrace! You, what do you? What do you? What do you? What message is that sending? Yeah. With his stories of Will in NA, yeah. it's all these screenshots mm. of like famous pro players mm. being to like fucking toxic, like. Mm. Sven Skarin and like all these other players, dude, like just crazy shit. And it just, it, it, it's, it's sad to see that they get rewarded. Like that's a reward. I'm toxic. I develop this ego, put other people down. And look at me. Now I get signed. Woohoo. It worked. It's, it's like, that is the problem at the core level is that it's not only you're not getting punished, you're getting rewarded. You're getting rewarded that's right. Yeah. Like people think you're cool. Yeah. You know, I'm scared of this guy. He's going to abuse me. He's like, he's an elitist, whatever it is. It's like, well, there, well, then, well, then people also look up to it's like, oh, the pro player can be like that. Like, that's the cool thing. That's the edgy thing. It's like, yeah. you know, just like abuse people and stuff like that. And I'll, I'll be like that. And then like, th that's, they're, they're the role models. And only people a few of them need to exist. Yeah. Only a few of them need to exist. Like one or two <laughs> need to exist. That's, that's all it takes, you know? 
it's unpleasant to be around and that's that's the joke so like and this is what i think it goes down with this let's talk about like why right we talk about the incentives so first of all they're not incentivized to recognize this as a problem and if they were to re- like this is probably that maybe they, they don't actually realize that none of these players will kill, quit mm. they're worried that oh my if we start banning all these people people are going to quit no no it's actually it has the opposite effect <laughs> that's, that's our philosophy you can they, they just never quit the best player the, the higher level players because they've invested so much I've time into seen, the game i've actually never seen someone quit forever they always come back all the old school players as well they always come back they say they quit and they always still play league that's true if you actually think about the example of who was actually a really like positive member radio mm. right even he still plays league he plays here and there and he's like a full-time like professional trade like trader. Uh, trader i think yeah, yeah. so yeah, they come no back. one quits they always come yeah. back yeah. these players they don't quit if yeah. you've got to that level you've committed that many games and you've gotten to like diamond one master you're not quitting the game if you get banned i guarantee you they will say they do but they never quit i've never known anyone to quit I'm literally being dead serious. The only person I've met quit... Actually, no. The only people that I've known quit were not high ELO. Yeah. They were actually lower ELO. Yeah. Anyone who's gotten Master Plus does not... They do not quit. Yeah, I can't, I can't think... I actually can't think of one. I think there might be some... Think about, I'm even thinking old school players like Kensty. I've seen him in solo queue. Does Kensty still play? I've seen him in solo queue. No, there's definitely some dude. Like like people Who? like I don't know because there's definitely many like THT. Where's How he? Do you know? I actually don't you know. Don't he know. Could be we don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that. Exactly. I don't know. That. Yeah, but again, there's definitely some people that aren't around anymore. But yeah, it's no, true. they 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 are. That's yeah. my point. I see them. Okay. Randomly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I saw an OG. You know who I popped in? We popped. I popped into a game yeah. with like Scream and Rosie and Ken. Really? Like yeah. They're all oh, there. Wow. Oh, fascinating. They all. Qu- they don't quit, dude. Yeah. There you go. Um. So another solution. Okay. So so you're you're saying the solution, well, potential solution, is right higher. Um. Let's. I was trying to think about and it's this not today. A bot. It's not a bot. It it's needs a to be, manual they need thing. To be, and it needs to like just just people that have, like have actual common sense. Yeah. And just like, if someone's being like an absolute, just a dick, like a yeah. bad human, just, yeah. just done. Yeah. No tolerance. So like, I was trying to think of- <laughs> And if they argue it, just get, just get fucked. Let's say, let's say in NA solo queue, how many high, high ELO, like challenger games you reckon there are a day? I was thinking maybe like 150 games. I don't know. I, I just the ballpark. Okay. At 200, yeah. Something 150. Like that. All right. Let's say like 200 games, yeah. right? Yeah. You, ha- you hire five people. Yep. To go through eight hours a day, eight hours. I don't even think it would take that long. No, nah, you, you, you look at it all. It's the same players. You just you just go through the chat logs of all those games, right? Just you from start to finish. If you could just spectate, yeah, and have the chat. No, logs you wouldn't on. spectate. Oh, you could just literally just just a chat log on a PD on a, a And then if something spicy, you just go into that game and see the situation. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super easy. That could probably be very easily done. You'd probably need to hire five people to man- manage it for one server. It's like a billion dollar company. I'm sure they can hire five people to do that. Yeah. Rather than like, rather than like, make it like a spend the, like, rather than like developing some bullshit law law story and like, like think about all the time and energy that has been on like KDA music videos or like law background of like some you know character. Yes, the law's kind of cool, but if yeah, the game get, sucks, get, get, us, can't they have? Can't they do both? Curtis? Can't they do both? But I'm even play just playing devil's advocate here, like yeah. Like they're focused on that as we're a company. We're focused on so many yeah. wrong things. Yeah. The game sucks for some people. Yeah, like the like the game experience. Like it's like I don't understand how a game can be so good and so bad at the same time. 
It's true. I isn't never it? thought that would be. It's like Facebook. <laughs> How can a concept be so good and yeah. so bad at the same time? Yeah. That's why it says Facebook. Facebook is an ge- ingenious yeah. idea yeah. that is revolutionized. It was, it was well executed. Well executed, revolutionized society. Yeah. And for and, positives. And people boycott it now. And people think it's the worst same, platform ever and the most, done the most toxic damage to society. The same thing's happening with Twitter as well. It just shows, dude. This is why I think it's going and it's heading in a direction that something needs to change. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. The incentives of Tencent aren't aligned with the incentives of the people that actually play the game. Yeah. Or the people, and think about like, um, you know, like an executive proposing an idea of doing something. Yeah, the, 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 the perfect example is like, let's, let's think about the way the tribunal came into league, right? It would have just been, they sort of very small team. So the tribunal, games. for those of you who don't know, there was like this weird report. It was like an actual whole platform. Yeah. It was like a community-based platform thing where you could like um, see chat logs and then the community would vote whether that person should get banned or yeah, not. Yeah, so, so as a player, you would report someone in a game and if it had like enough reports or whatever, it would actually go to a case and then you like a random person can log on and they'll get like IP or influence points, which is like the same as Blue Essence. Mm. Um, and they'll get rewarded from sitting there and managing the community. It's like a the community was managing itself. Like the, the fact that that could happen. That's Imagine so that, cool. That but that can never happen. That could now. never happen now. Like like that was just some random guy probably in the office, but like oh hey guys, like let's, let's try out this idea. Like it's not it's not like it's, it was a good thing. I don't think it was. Yeah, no, you know? but they had a crack. But they had a crack. Would, and it showed could, their intention was actually caring. Yeah. When have they cared about the quality of the game now? Yeah, now they just ignore it. It's about growth. Just ignore it. It's yeah. ignored. Well, I guess we can't say completely ignore because they did the Smurf Q thing. But they're definitely yeah. not acknowledging it to the point that it needs to be. You know the other thing fixed. as well, why I feel like they're so detached? The fact that autofill exists, like I'm swearing a lot because I'm just angry. I'm mm. so angry. Yeah, the fact that autofill exists yeah. in solo queue is an absolute disgrace. Okay, so the argument there is that queue times are too long. Uh, and, and let me break this down. S- okay, I don't mind secondary role. Okay, secondary role is acceptable. But autofill is a whole different ball game. This shows they are so detached from the game that it dr- makes me sick. Mm. You go into a game, like... Okay, let's even put this super simply. Get a rider who plays the game, who's in a decently high position. They're a goal player, so they're a goal one player. Get them to go into a game as autofield jungle. Go zero five, get abused by their whole team. Do you want to play that next game? Tell me, honestly, you want to play that again? Mm. You want to go out and get autofield? You can get mm. autofield twice. Mm. Is that a is that a pleasant gaming experience? Is someone going to want to pay buy shit? And play that again, that game. You're you're going to. Um, I'd rather work at McDonald's and play an autofill jungle game. Yeah. You know <laughs> that, what I mean? That, that might be a bit far, Curtis. Come on, but yeah, I mean, it's, like it's, I've, it's, I've worked it's, at Macca's. It's not even about you, Curtis. It's about. This, I'm just talking about the average player. The rest. We're not of even the talking the about the high community the at this point. We're yeah. talking about in the average player in gold or silver. Yeah. Autofill is an awful experience. It should it should be completely ruined. It, it actually it's not. It's it pretty, wouldn't even affect because the queue times. The reason it's not even a, bi- a guarantee is not a big yeah. problem is because is because people dodge. Mm. <laughs> like, people dodge. Mm. Even if they're not the one autofilled because they don't want an autofilled jungle. Mm. The fact that they get anxiety that their jungle is going to be autofilled. Mm. Like, what the fuck? Mm. Okay, on top of this, um, on top of this, what was the other, I had another really funny point is that, um, it's like, it's like, oh, the other thing as well is that swapping exists. 
it's not like you get mid and you have to play mid. You can you can tell someone do you want to swap roles. Yeah. yeah. So you get on the other team, even if someone's autofield, they can all communicate and they get the jungle on jungle roles. They role, have a huge advantage. And then you have a massive advantage, and it's not even fair. Yeah, because that's right. Because the, the the argument there is like, oh well, they have autofield versus other autofield. But it's not the case. But that's not the case. That yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. It's flawed. Mm. It's broken by concept. It's broken by concept. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you use the word. And I'm just so angry. And I'm just so angry because I love this game and it has so much potential. And I hate using the word potential as well. I just mm. hate everything right <laughs> What do you like, Curtis? Right I mean, now? the game is just beautiful, right? And, yeah. and, and it really is an amazing experience in some games. Yeah. But then the, the majority use, the of the lows are so low at yeah. the same time. Mm. You question why you even play the game. So, so, so what what needs to happen um, is that you need to get incredibly passionate people at the top who genuinely care about the player experience, leading you know a change and like just 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 being real, dude. Like it's so corporatized, it's so like so detached. Like the fact that Seraphine as a champion like gets brought out and stuff like that, like. Like, well, that was the other champion, Seraphine. Yeah, Seraphine. Yeah. Like, the fact that that happens and the backlash in the community. Yes, there's a small segment of people that want to play a pop star on a floating stage with a microphone and stuff like that and sings. Mm. But, like, was that what the game was about? <laughs> there was actually a Reddit thread saying that there was a petition to do the next champions a monster champion because everything's just humanoid and sexy that. women. Yeah, and it has to be sexy women with strong, big tits and shit. And strong men and... With six packs and stuff. Yeah, for and the, oh, edgy, edgy, cool, dark yeah. characters like Yone and yeah. like stuff like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's yeah, all we're becoming so corporatized. It's all about the money now, and yeah. it's so it's a business. Yeah, then we have to recognize the business. That's right. Well, we we understand why it happens. It's not like we're angry at them for it. Yeah, well, I understand. But what I'm saying is that like, uh oh, yeah, the camera just died. Uh, we're going to quickly change the okay. battery. All right, we'll take a break now. Well, we'll, we'll come back. We'll be back in a jiffy. All right. So what we're talking about? We're talking about um. The riot, ten cent. We're talking about yeah. So I want to go back to the. Ins- I want to go back to the. Um- yeah, because your point, the point, the thing that's okay. So again, these are things that why it can't happen. You know, you said let's just get some passionate people at the top. Yeah, things yep. okay. Decision is going to be way too slow because they have to go through such a formal process. Okay, okay. Let's even think about their incentive, right? If you think of the average like the executive, mm. they probably have KPIs, right? Right, or they probably have rewards for having more growth or whatever it is. Yeah, you, you'd have to make the case that this is going to help the game. You go, yeah. it, it's hard. It's like it's so immeasurable. Hard. It's like, how do you rate someone's user experience? Can you yeah, do that? It's very difficult. No one, it's so hard. You can't do a survey. Unless you did like a survey and then you got like RP for it, but no one's going to fill that up seriously. <laughs> yeah. Like what I'm saying, okay, this is, this is where like protests come into play. Yeah. Like think about like, okay, I mean, I don't really know much about politics. Yeah. But like, if you're really upset, okay, what's the documentary on on actually Netflix? What is it about? You remember that one we watched about the social media? And oh yeah, the, the social Facebook, dilemma. The social yeah. dilemma, right? Yeah. Think about that whole thing. So he actually created like a company trying to yeah. expose Facebook mm. or was it all the, the these mm. social media platforms, right? Mm. He actually went out and actively he worked in it, mm. and he saw how it was run, mm. saw that it wasn't correct, it wasn't mm. right. For those of you who haven't seen that, I highly recommend watching that documentary called The Social Dilemma. Well, it was, it was about how calculated those companies are in making you stay on the platforms for as long as possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he was inside and essentially like he's trying to raise awareness. And if you raise enough awareness, then you can actually go to like, you know, the, you can, you can just like have, you can create a movement, you know, you can actually mm. gain voices. Mm. You can actually get people's, get people excited about it. Like it has to come from people who really know the intricacies of the, 
of what goes on behind the scenes. And look, you know what? This, this whole conversation, we might be five years too early right now. You know, we might not see the effects of what we're talking about now for another like five, 10, 15 years where like the game slowly dies. It becomes a commercial joke. The, the ranked, uh, the ranked integrity is terrible. Um, you know, and then people start to lose faith in riots. And then, this, and then all these horror stories come out. We're saying I killed myself because I bubble these people in online on in league did this, but whatever it is. Okay. Like we might, we might be just too early. None of this might not even make sense and might not come to fruition. But what I'm, why I'm saying this now is I care about the longevity of the game. Absolutely. You I mean, know, because we've spent 10 years of our life invested. Yeah. In I mean, I don't want to see the game die in like five and years. And it shouldn't and die. It's it great. Sh- it's still a great game. Right, right now, this is exact. Yeah. Right now, this exact moment, it's still a very, it's a very good game. Yes, that's correct. But it's like where it's heading. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just concerned. I really am. So this is a big, this is a big issue. I love to like kind of raise it. Um, and I, I, I think that, yeah, we need to start this conversation. We need to, start, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not willing to just accept things. This is just the way it is. Mm. This is the way league is. It's accepted. Good, if you want to play the game, you just have to, you have to be really resilient and you have to like, Mute all, and you have to like. Yeah, this. <laughs> that's that's most of my coaching. It's like we got to build mental strength, guys. We be resilient, which yeah. is which is part that's of part it. of it. And uh, you know, you, don't, you can't be a snowflake and play the game. Yeah. That's fine, but yeah. if you want to, but it, but it's you know, it's the extremes. We're not talking about we're talking about the 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 fact that these extremes exist on a on, yeah. a, on regularly. Mm. It's not like you play. It's not like you play ten games and it happen like one or two of them. It's like well, you play ten games. It's going to happen probably half of them. Right. So um, anyway, that's where I've been thinking anyway. That's where my mind's been. And just thinking about more the core reason, the incentives <clears throat> of the people that actually make these decisions. Are they incentivized to, to help grow or help the healthiness of the game? Not really. Probably not. No. no. And it's kind of like, even if you think about, um, like even like the, remember the, the crash? Was it the 07, 08? 08, yeah. 08? Yeah. And you always see all those stories about the bankers and, how their incentive, like the whole, the way the system worked was like, you know, the rating people were incentivized to give high ratings to these banks were paying high. Um, they were given like a cut. And then like, th- there was all this beautiful system of making money and no one there was incentivized to call out what was going wrong. Because no. they're all getting so much money. That's right. Right? You've got to always question these things. Why does something happen? Rather than looking at like the end result of the service, like, oh, there's so much toxicity. All right, let's look about why there hasn't been any change. Why is there so little care? Why does it continue to happen over the years? And nothing has really happened. Um, and then you look at it, okay, who are the people making decisions? And just go on from there. I think that, it, I mean, I, and again, I don't know where, there's a lot of assumptions going on here. This is my theory. Maybe this is going to turn into a conspiracy theory um, podcast. Yeah, no, the conspiracy theory, <laughs> where League's heading. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's an important topic to bring up. I mean, I'd love to hear what the comments are on this YouTube video. People agreeing or disagreeing or they, everyone just has a positive experience in league, but we know that's not the case. Well, again, another interesting thing, so I, I got Swagnar from my Discord messaging yeah. me and telling me um, on the Broken My Concept, he was telling me, Curtis, like, I'm sick of people, especially in the NA collegiate scene. Mm. They just say, the game just sucks. The game's just shit. They use that as an excuse or like a cop out, right? They yeah, lose the game. The game sucks. I mean, I've heard that before. It's like it's like champs are imbalanced and the game's just just the game's terrible. Just, the game's just bad. But like, 
those people, if that was the case, why do they play it? Mm. So they don't they don't actually believe. Oh, that. I mean, yeah, they don't actually. They don't believe actually. It. They're just saying it, it's like deflecting. It right? comes from like insecurity a little bit about they can't accept their level of play. Mm. Um, well, it's like finding any excuse. Yeah, it's just it's just common human behavior. You know, you don't want to take responsibility. You got to find an outside excuse that's that's um, out of your control type right. thing. You know, you want to focus on out of your control versus in your control. So what I'm saying is like, what, why the reason I brought that up is. Um, is there an element of truth to that? Or is it just like, based on what we, we've said, right? Based on what we Does said. the game suck? Because what I'm worried about is that like, you know, the game itself, I think that we all know the game is amazing. That's why we all play it. We love it. We listen to us talking shit about it. <laughs> like we, we love the game, right? But, um, okay, so generally this is actually what I, um, this is sometimes the way I, I like to think about just, the game but also life in general is like when something when someone when you say something or feel something or like you listen to something like that generally i view it as like a sign it's a sign something's not right because out of everything someone could say right think of everything that you could blame everything you could say as a as a reason why something went wrong those people say that it's the game's it's the fault. game's yeah. fault was the game shit? Mm. Like, what does that mean? Like, is that a sign, or am I just overreading things here? Is that like, is that a sign that like something's deteriorating? We, that wasn't common. Either. I mean, back in the day, I mean, I've never heard that. I don't hear that often. And then now it's become, apparently becoming more and more common now. And he's like sick of it. Swagging on something, he's like kind of sick of it. I mean, is this a sign? Is this a sign that it's it's like a mounting? It's like again, the pile is like growing and growing. Is it like the sign that the game is maybe not taking the right steps, or is it that's just? This is just like a small group of people that are just toxic and they're going to say it anyway. Potentially. Okay, another way of viewing it is this. This is another thing I'm scared of. Have you ever heard of like that analogy where like, say like you're on the, you're on the toilet and use your phone and you drop your phone in the toilet is this something you've done, Curtis? No. I've never done this either. And it's like covered in shit. Yeah. And piss. That's disgusting, but go on. And you get it out. Yeah. You try and wash it, you try and fix it. Yeah. And then like, and like you take it to the, the um like the, the phone repairer. Mm. So you even get it fixed. Mm. But like, you know that it was like covered in shit. <laughs> And you know that, like, what it's been through. You kind of know... Where are you getting that with this analogy? Just say, just, you bear with me. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm, like, are you trying to, like, I'm trying to think, what's League of Legends? What's the players? What's, like... You know, no, hear me out here. Continue on. So, yeah, you get this phone back, but the, yeah. it's not the same. It's just not the same. Okay. Because, like, you know what it's yeah. been through. And you're like... That's, you know, okay, yeah. You get what I'm get, getting at? Yeah, I do. So, yeah. it's, like, been covered in shit. It, yeah. like, probably doesn't smell the same. Yeah. It's just not... It's not the phone that you loved. Yeah anymore yeah what i'm scared of is um we're heading into a direction where like there's like all this build up beneath the surface and at some point the sh- like the, the sheet's gonna be ripped off the top it's gonna get exposed massive change is gonna happen when it, it could have actually been <laughs> fixed in a much healthier way over time yeah and then the game's just not going to be the same anymore. <clears throat> mm, and people yeah, aren't going to view the game anymore. Yeah. It's going to be like just changed forever mm. in, a na- in a way. And people are going to be, I wish it was like it was in the past. Because I'm scared what's going to, it's kind of like Facebook. They, they have to overreact because they didn't deal with it for so long. Mm. They have to overreact. Mm. 
they have to go to the extremes to fix it and do things with the platform and but the image is just screwed. I don't view Facebook the way I viewed it in the past. Yeah, no, no nothing matter. Nothing they the, can do can re- yeah, recover that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. nothing nothing they do will ever repair the or give me back the respect that I had for that company. And that's what I'm kind of feeling is like at some point like what's going to happen when like like the horror stories start coming out or the trajectory actually start maybe it starts to become fulfilled and the ranked experience all this shit like maybe we just don't view people that aren't going to view right as a reliable company there's mm. so much respect you just it's like no matter like given what's happened i just don't view the same way or even the game it could even happen to the game you get what i'm getting you see what yeah I'm getting, that's, that's of? a potential that's a serious fear curse i i agree is that there is irre- irre- irreparable damage irreparable damage maybe not maybe the game's just too addictive i don't know but it's a fear of mine as well. I think it's a valid fear, Curtis. Um, yeah. Anything else we should discuss around this topic, Curtis? Um, can't think of anything off the top of my head. I think I've got everything off my chest. I'd love to hear back from the community on this one. <clears throat> Absolutely. And this could be like a, a constant thing we just touch on yeah. across episodes. But you know what? The theme of this, what I want the theme of this podcast to be... I want to keep time back to these guys and what I'm passionate about is like, I just want to talk about shit that we all think about that no one says. Mm. I just want to call bullshit on Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. We've got to go call bullshit on the community, Curtis. You know? Of things that's been said and things that aren't being done and... Oh, okay. I did actually want to... T- this is actually not related to this topic, the other topic. Okay. Um, I want to talk about what you spoke about to me the other day. What was this? About what the coach said. Which coach? Peter Dunn. Okay. In that interview. Oh. Touch on this. I just want to touch on it a Oh, bit. okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so this talk was... Us, talk us about this, this story. So, yeah. I was watching an interview with... Uh, it was... I think it was Travis Gafford's interview with that EG manager and the head coach, Peter Dunn. And... Um, you know, it's just... Because I love to get knowledge from other coaches, right? I want to see... Because this guy's like really hype these days, yep. right? So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm super interested to see what he's talking about. And this thing that I could say, okay, this is what I noticed from the way, the, what he said. He said, um, he, the way he was talking about EG was if he was like saying like, we like, if like, we, we like have this certain philosophy. It's like, he was saying like, we, like, he's like the cultural architect type thing. And like, he's the, um, he's been doing it for ages. Yeah, he's been doing it. With, he's been with that organization for twenty yes. years or ten years, you know. And just something about talking this, all this work that he's done just rubs me the wrong way because because right now, okay, there is like okay, you can talk like that way if you've been with an organization for ten years, twenty years, and you've built like these amazing. You're like a legacy person, right? But at the end of the day, he's a coach that's bounced around between a bunch of teams. He's probably not going to be with EG. I'll say this right now: two years from now, he, he won't be with EG anymore. Okay. Yep. And and because that's just not the way coaches work right now in NA. Like like name me name me oh, even in the West name me one two like no, all right, name me five coaches that have stayed with an organization for longer than five years. I mean, there's only one in my mind. Who's that? This is or, or, or people that are close. So Grabs he's not exactly five years, but he's close. He's right? close, right? Grabs probably yeah. been with what like three years or something. Yeah. Who else? I mean, dude. There's no long term. There's no long term. There's no right long term sports. No, 
Like, that's what I'm sick of as well. There's no long-term. Yeah, but stop lying to yourself. Yeah, there's long-term. That's the thing that pisses me off a lot. And Every and interview is like, we're long-term, we're development. You I know. mean, because we know this because we did this ourselves. Yep. That's the conversation we have with our players and coaches. And we were just in it, like, saying, yeah, yeah. But, like, the, the way the economics are right now of esports and the way that players are viewed and coaches are viewed, you're just going to get just turned over, man, you know? So quickly. Well, okay, the thing that, like, because, okay... As you're, you guys are probably going to find out, and is what I want again this year to be a lot of, is like, I'm sick of esports. Because you're sick and tired of esports. I am. I'm actually, I'm actually sick of esports. <laughs> and we're going to riff on this a little yeah. bit. But um, I love the game. Yeah. I love the competitive aspect of the game in yeah. terms of like solo queue. But I dislike esports right now. There is so much bullshit that goes on. And one of the, the narratives that is always pushed is like, just like, we know what we're doing. And, you know... You know, I'm a veteran. I'm this coach. I know what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. I'm this my philosophy with like instilling all these values and is my culture. I'm the cultural architect and blah 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 blah. Show me any any team apart from like maybe SKT with Koma and like Faker and like what they did in SKT. Any other org mm. that is like stayed with a pretty consistent roster with basically the same coaching staff and 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 like have like developed an actual system and processes and like actually develop something long-term and actually know what they're doing. Like, dude, the coaches change every one or two years. There's been G2 is the only one mm. that has looked like they've got any semblance mm. of just like a, a consistent mm. coaching philosophy. Mm. Fnatic can't do it. Not even the second best. Cause no, they change right every, they flip-flop every year. Mithy's gone after a year, right? Like <laughs> they, they go after a year. There's no, there's no long-term, no. there's no processes. No, stop talking as if you know what you're doing. The game hasn't even been... Ra- First of all, the game hasn't been around long enough for you to know what is correct in terms of coaching techniques. You can have a theory, and that's fine. You can say that. That's what I want to be heard. I want you to say, look, you know, is my, I'm starting out at EG here. Um, you know, I have a pretty... I have a good idea of my own coaching philosophy. I'm going to give it... I'm going to try and implement it here at EG. Um, you know, I've did a lot of thinking over the off-season. Now it's time to test it. We'll see how it works and how it pans out over the course of the year. No, it's no... We're gonna have we're gonna you know we're doing this for development. We're gonna have the best players. We're gonna have this best year. In two years, we're gonna win the L- we're gonna win the LCS. You know, it's it's just like bullshit. Like, no, just in, just like and again, like they have, maybe they have to put on that story and that narrative to the fans and like whatever that means. But it's just like no, because that's that's not we we know that for a fact. That's not the narrative for the fans. That they generally believe this stuff. Yeah, they genuinely Because this is the conversations in the back doors with the interview process. Because again, we were pilots and we were full of shit ourselves, you know? Yeah. Like, like we've we've done it. And because that's how you convince someone to join you because you want them for the short-term gain. No, I would well. say I genuinely believed that at the time that I knew what I was... Like, I knew I had all these processes. Yeah. Well, there you go. They're thinking yeah, that no, same no, but, as but you. You know the reason that exists? Yeah. It's because it hasn't been done before. Yeah. And... If you think about like, okay, this is, you know, the, one of the guys um, I was listening to in, uh, recently, and I cannot recommend this interview enough. Anyone out there, if you have some spare time, please listen to it. There's an interview with Marco Pierre White. He has an interview, an Oxford interview. Yeah, an interview at Oxford. It's like a speech thing. So he's like a famous chef. He's a chef. Dude, this guy is so inspiring. Mm. I was so moved mm. by this single interview that I was, I was literally nearly, I nearly actually... I was emotional, genuinely emotional listening to this interview. Was it because you felt like you could relate to it a lot or? Well, I just love this guy and respect him so much because he's, 
he just doesn't beat around the bush and he tells it as it is. And you can tell he's a hardened man who's put in his time. He's worked his ass off to put himself in a very good position and he's respected, but he doesn't sugarcoat anything. And what I love about it is he tells the story as it really is in the restaurant industry. Okay. Now the difference, the one thing when he was telling his story, going through the, you know, trying to get through the ranks and get known and get knowledge and, and the, the ugliness of this, of this industry, he tells of, you know, he had these great chefs that he worked under, you know, they had these amazing restaurant tours, these restaurants, they knew how to run the restaurant, the front, the back, they, they innovated new techno- te- techniques. This was the rise of gastronomy before it was really a thing. There was all these new inventions or new innovative techniques. And this was the rise of amazing um, food over in, in Europe at the time. This was in England and, Fran- and France, right? And then I compare this with, say, esports, right? And cooking is a very, very old craft you know it's techniques been, re- been refined over hundreds of years right yeah. a very long time thousands, thousands of girders, yeah um and i just compare it with esports and you think of a coach you think of someone gr- get, like going up and like trying to get into the industry and become a coach or like think about the role models think about who you look to you're like oh okay well peter dunn he's been he's a recognized or ls or any of these coaches none of them have built like put in the like the, 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 first of all the industry is not old enough to have this that's right so, so we, we can't you can't just have that yeah but like it's like the people that are revered not like they, they they tell you that they've done it but they haven't and i wish there was like this really open i wish league wasn't as professional as it was in a way mm. you know what i mean mm. like i wish like we all accepted that like no one knows what the fuck they're doing mm. Like, no one knows what the best practice is. We're all just trying to figure it out, have a crack. Like, we're all here, we, we, we're all dumb. The game's so new. No one knows what's best practice. Yeah. Let's just all stop saying we, we know everything. We've got the best coaching staff, the best supporting talent. Mm. We know exactly how to develop players and make the best players. I know how to scout talent perfectly. You know, all this bullshit that you hear. Let's just all calm it down and say, no, I, we really don't know what we're doing. We're in a new industry in a new time. Things are changing. But we're doing, we're taking the steps to figure it out at a very fast rate. We're innovating. We're trying new techniques. That's why I respected about Cloud9, having like six coaches, seven coaches, mm. and ha- having this new technique. I respect it. Mm. Not because it's going to work, but because it's, it's different. Very different. Try something different. Think mm. outside the box. Mm. Um, and that's the, narrow, that's the theme that I see in, in, in esports is, you know, we know everything. We're geniuses. Because that's how you get hired, man. That's how you you got to be confident in the interview, Curtis. You can say, this is it. This is the way I things I would never. Run. It's like if I were to interview, right, I couldn't bring myself to say I know what I'm doing. Even though I've, I've, I have probably have so yeah, much knowledge. Not. Yeah. Think I about, don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Think about that. Think about we, we coach full time, mm. right? Now for like, for me, I've coached literally pro for three years. Mm. And now full-time mid lane for a whole... Just one role. We're talking just one role for a year. Mm. Right? All this background being challenged for seven seasons, whatever it is. And I still can't even confidently say I'm, I'm, I'm a good coach. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, getting there. I have this vision of what I would myself as like a great coach looks like. Yeah. I, I can't exactly explain what it's like, but I know that right now I'm probably like 2% of the way there. Yeah. Or 3%. But that's healthy. Yeah. I'm not sending... I'm not saying bullshit. We're not selling we're the best coach in the world. I want to be. 
you know, I'm like, so I'm a pretty solid one. I, I don't even call myself a coach. Yeah. <laughs> All my Twitter thing is I help people get better at jungling. Yeah. I guess I, guess I call my thing a yeah. coaching program. I guess that yeah. may be something, but I, I don't call myself a coach. Right. I just, I just do things. I just play League of Legends and I teach people what I learn. Okay. Share people with my, what I, what I learn. That's all I do. Yeah, dude. And, um, so yeah, I mean, this is why esports, and it's so long until I want to go back into esports. Years. Yeah. Talking like a decade or something, you know? Yeah, but part of it as well, because do you feel like you could, um, I don't want to be a part of the building process. You don't want to be part of the building no. process. You want someone else to build it and then you'll just... What was it? It never gets built. No, because if it, cause the thing is, is I don't believe that with all the egos flying around that even if I came in and had like, you know, the power, mm. I just, no one's going to listen, dude. No. Like, I mean, we, we I talk, make we talk about the professional players right now that exist. I wouldn't want to... I don't want to work with I the majority of the I don't want to be in a, in a scene where players. the pro players, the people that are getting rewarded are like that. Yeah. I can't. No. I can't bring myself to do that. Absolutely not. Um, I'm not ready. The scene needs longer to develop. And you know what? Yes, this is quite selfish. I don't want to be part of the building process. Mm. But you know what? At the end of the build, as I start to see it develop, I'm going to look at it. and This might not even be something I want to do. That's right. Like, I'll see what it looks like. It yeah. might be. It might be really exciting. Yeah. But there's a big part of me that thinks this is not. A big part of me. I might ne- a part of me might, might say that I'm never going to go into esports. Part of me thinks I might. I don't know. But the way it is right now... I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know? Yeah. Scary shit, dude. Yeah. It's like an electric fence. You don't even go near that thing. No. Nowhere near. Um, as a coach. As a coach. For a player, it's fine, you know? Yeah, for, for a player, it's not too bad at all. For it's a player, great, it makes You're making millions of dollars, Curtis. Yeah, for a player, it's actually really good. Yeah. But for a coach, it's a different story. Yeah. Um, and we're talking at the pro level. I think amateur and even academy is actually yeah. much better. Yeah. I just say the pro level. Yeah. I think the academy and, and like this grassroots, because they don't have egos. It's like, well, like they do, but like not as much. Mm. And it's kind of like less bullshit. It's yeah. kind of like we're just improving because we know we're not the best in a way. It's kind of like we're just the underlings in a way. I think it's a very healthy mindset. Like I would love to work in like an academy or like an amateur team and like work from like ground up. And like develop systems and that sort of thing. That would be cool. But it's just not financial. It's just hard to do. To get in that position as well. To have the respect from people. So what does this dude from Oceania know, you know? Goddamn random. <laughs> oh, sucks. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to get back into ranked. Get on the grind. Been working on my website still. It's been taking up a lot of my time. And that's the one thing I've noticed about myself. I'm terrible at focusing on multiple things at once. Yeah, you can, you're can. So you a one man. One man, one job. Now, actually, I want to I raise it just to, before we like wrap this up. There's one thing I do want to... Because I think other people might have this problem. Okay. Let's share it. We're going to um, share problems here at the Broken by, Com- Broken by Concept podcast. I found that um, I can't do... Like, it's very easy for me to fall in the trap where I'm doing multiple things at once. Okay, and let me expand on this. So, if I am say I have a few tabs open, one of them might be an email. One of them I always see you with Discord open all the time. Yeah, Discord. Dude. Yeah, because I go on chat. I yeah. go on the the theme voice and share my games. Yeah. Right? So like I've my screen uh, screen sharing my games. Yep. Um, I get added at sometimes, so I have to like respond to messages. Yeah. 
Um, you know, I might, and then there's my website stuff in the background. Maybe I'm replying to YouTube comments. Um, maybe I'm thinking about my next video, taking notes from my next video, whatever it is, all these things that I could be doing. When I play my best league, and it always, it never ceases to a surprise, to amaze me. It's when I'm just going in and I'm like, this is a scheduled part where I'm not going on, I'm not doing anything with my website. I'm not replying to any emails. I'm not replying to any Discord questions. I'm only playing solo queue. Only playing solo queue. That is when I play my best league. Because people think I'm scheduling out a block and I'm only playing ranked. But they'll do like other things at the same time. Mm. It's very difficult. It's, it's the mental thing. It's very difficult to stay focused once you do other things in the background in between games. Mm. Very difficult. Mm. It could even be you replying to a message on Facebook and then you think about that conversation and you feel like you know they've replied to you. Yeah. And then you're expected yeah. to reply because you've answered once. Yeah. So you're thinking about the games like, oh, sure, I've got to reply. It's like, yeah. you guys, like, oh, i got to think about it. Versus what's the next objective? Yeah. What's the next objective? Even a split second of... of, of you, know, you know, part of me as well also wants to go to single screen setup as well. That I feel like... just turn it off. No, like, like literally remove Remove your it. second monitor. Yeah. But I can't because like just the, the nature of my work. I mean, I guess I could what do you use it for right now. You, it's just there. It's just like you're in queue here and you drag in something there. Mine's really helpful when I do my website stuff. Yeah, it is. It's definitely it's helpful. So helpful. But a part of me feels like if I just had like league on my computer and just one single screen, I'll play better. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, I turn mine off um, when I do my videos. What Even videos? just having it on a blank screen distracts me. Yeah, black screen. That's and, right. And, distraction. and on top of this as well, when I play my yeah. when I play my um, solo queue, hmm. I can't have the Discord open, hmm. even if I'm not looking at it. It's, just, it's there. I actually can't. I have to have the Streamlabs over it. Yeah, it can't be something I can look to. Got it. I've noticed as well. Just little things, dude. Yeah, little things. Little things. Maximizing yeah. your focus. Yeah, they have big effects. Um, and oh, the other thing as well I was gonna say was I found is that um. There was a part where like I was losing confidence when I was playing Echo. And in the past, I would have viewed that experience as like I would have just fell into that trap. I could easily see myself past Curtis just being this like, like like really dwelling on that experience and then letting it come to an identity level to me. Wait, losing confidence just in general with the champion. No, so I had those bad experiences with Echo, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was at. A, it feels like I was at a mental crossroads. Mm. It was really weird. It was mm. like it was like a, it was like an out of body experience in a way. It was like I'm looking at myself, mm. and then I saw one part of myself falling into this hole of like self confidence issues. But then I decided to pull myself back out. Like I, I started going down a few of those steps, mm. but then I just rewound. I went walked backwards, back up the steps, went back up, and started going down the other route of mm. detaching those games as uh, me as a person. Yeah. And be like, oh no! And you were critically able to analyze, okay, why am yeah. I doing bad in these echo games versus? No, I was able to just, I'm just let shit. it go, and yeah. then okay, echo's not for me. I'm not having fun with that. Um, I know exactly what was going wrong. This is the champ I'm going to play instead, and I'm and I'm all in it. And not even, I'm not even really having success with these other champs yet. But I, I I feel like you know these are the champ I want in my pool. And I'm just going down. I didn't let those. I could have easily went off the deep end there, and I was going. I was literally going down those steps, and I rewound back up, went back, and started going back down this other path. And the old Curtis wouldn't have done that. Curtis of last year, even, wouldn't have done that. Mm. I would have continued, continued down that, down that rabbit hole. So you've destroyed your identity and yeah. self-destructed. So I'm not le- I didn't let myself do that. Yeah. 
So what are you proud of yourself for doing that? You think well, that, what I'm that, saying that shows is that, that you've developed. Well, that, but also self development. Well, the other thing as well is that how great league is as a game that you get to experience that. Like that, that's that's a part of the experience. How cool is that? Yeah, that's actually really cool. That's, that's, it's given you the opportunity to have that lesson. It's given me. Yeah, yeah like that's, that's cool. It's literally given me the, 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 this experience to mm. reflect, catch myself, mm. develop this introspection, and then like re kind of recalibrate and then go down another path. Like it's such a beautiful tool. It's such a beautiful experience. You know, it's very weird. It's very strange. You don't, you don't have, there's not many things in life where you get to have that experience, is it? Like this, like a craft where you can like, you, it's kind of just you versus yourself. It's just like a mental game. So I, I guess martial arts is probably very similar. I would say martial arts yep. is probably very similar. Absolutely. A hundred percent, dude. Even um, potentially more so. Like even like other games, maybe like tennis and yeah. you know, stuff like chess. And well, you like have, that, you have the physical element of that, which I think is very helpful. Chess and poker would also be very similar in that sense. Very introspective. Yeah. I love that. You always say because you're introspective when you're running. Mm, definitely. Because you're just like, just, they're just so hard. Yeah, I love I love running. I miss it. I wish I could do it. It's just not but good for me. We can't because we only, only gains, only, mu- only muscle gains. Put on weight. <laughs> no cardio, anti-cardio here. Yeah. All right, Curtis, should we... Wrap it up? No, we've got to answer some questions, Okay, Curtis. questions. Do some questions. So let me just quickly change the battery. Wait, change about it again? No, I'm just going to... Pretend you're changing the battery. Pretend, because this is part of the process. <laughs> right. Like, like I'll self-destruct right now okay. if you went straight into questions. Okay. And i got to get my phone and everything, okay. you know, all that yeah. sort of little details. And I'll be back in a jiffy. All right, welcome back to Nathan's Mailbag. It's really just the BBC show. I just read the questions. I just like to call it that because it's like a... It's always been a dream of mine to be like... I want to read some one day. You, know, like, you want to read some? Yeah. Do you want to read some today? Yeah. Can't read that one. Okay, you can read this one. You just got to tell me which ones to read. Okay, here we go. All right. Yeah, hopefully, Curtis is good as we're going to get rusty at this. So this one's from Paolo Orlandi. Oh, here we go. He's got he's got a good start. Gee, you got me nervous. You're <laughs> my nervous. Uh, it's a big responsibility, Curtis. <laughs> this is titled "My League Experience So Far." Hi, Curtis and Nathan. I'm Paolo from EU West. Love the idea of the show and your point of view about the game. I'm 29 and started playing League at the beginning of Season 10 because of friends. I consider myself a gamer and have played a lot of StarCraft and many other games. I just got obsessed by League. But that's me. I get obsessed by things until I get bored. I think the League ranking system and the game in general follows the rules of the flow theory. Mihaly, I'm not even going to... I don't know how to pronounce that at all. Do you want to have a crack at it? Mihaly. Oh, jeez. Mihaly... She's sent me highly. I know, I don't know. Okay, Mahali, she's Mihali, and that's why you hardly get bored. I only played normals with friends, two or three games per day, and after watching your content, I decided to play ranked, qualified poorly, high bronze, silver four. My experience was pretty bad. The quality of the games is very low. I personally think the game experience is incredibly better if played in a team of five. Anyway, I'm too competitive and hate losing so much, so here are my questions. In this ELO, I feel like nobody knows their role, what they are supposed to do in a world of chaos. How do I survive? Do you just play until you finally get to a better ELO? I play mid, main, Diana, or Echo. 75% of my games, I have nice leads that go to nothing. Thanks a lot and keep up the good work. I think we should touch on the flow thing, right? Okay. Do you know much about the flow? Flow zone? 
Oh, I mean, Will asks me this every day, dude. No, I don't. Flow state. I'm assuming... Yeah. I, I mean, I know a little bit about it. Yeah. But I would agree. It's essentially like... I'm pretty sure just like... When there's like the perfect balance of challenge versus... It's like you hit that zone where your 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 brain is occupied to an extent where it's 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 hard but not so hard that you give up give up yeah got so it so it's like the perfect challenge yeah. every game so you just keep going and you enter this zone where mm. you're just in the moment mm. like you just flow flow state where like you're not really thinking about anything else you're just fully in like enamored by the game in a way but yeah i would agree that league is great at developing that flow flow state because there's so much things going on there's no there's no there's no downtime as well thing with league that's a great thing about it but anyway um look You've only been playing since the beginning of season 10. Doesn't matter if you played any game. I mean, we say this every time. Doesn't matter if you're a pro in StarCraft, you're a pro in Counter-Strike, World of Warcraft, whatever. And the fact that you say it, like, I consider myself a gamer. I've played a lot of StarCraft and things like that. I think it's actually a bad thing because you instantly have expectations. Yeah. The perfect example I have of this coaching client, this Overwatch player, who's yeah. like a top Overwatch player. And he's like, his expectations of his level of playing league and how quickly he can get challenger is so unrealistic that um, it actually affects him. Yep. I had one, I had one uh, with a HOTS player. Yeah. Same thing. So don't even think about that. Mm. It doesn't matter how good you were at StarCraft or how many games you've played in the past. League is a very different game and it's very difficult. And yes, you may have a slight advantage, but even if you think like that, it's not going to help you. Um, look, the thing is, first of all, um, you've only been playing for a season. Right? So you've barely played. You're a baby. You're literally a baby. Literally. So in this, and you're spot on. In your ELO, which is bronze and silver four, you're right. Nobody does know their role in a game. They barely know their champion. They have zero champion mastery. They probably don't even know what every champion in the game does. They don't know their damage output. They don't know how much damage they can take. Um, they barely, a lot of them probably don't even know how to control the character very well. So the way you should frame your entire ranked experience is your, that of a child putting your hands on something and, and just grasping anything you can get at. Learn. Soak it up. Have zero expectations about winning a league. You win at that game, at that level of play, you win when you learn more and have more control of your character. When you know what the champions do, you have more champion mastery and you just know what things happen, how things work in the game. Hmm. There's, no, there's no secret to improving hmm. it. It's not about climbing hmm. in bronze and silver. It's only about improving, I agree. Because you bronze- have to learn the game. You have to know what all the other champions do in the game. Yeah. You don't know what your champion does, what your limits are. It's basically just not that's knowledge. Why, yeah, that's why as well, that's why you probably get a lead and it does nothing because mm. you don't know. Yeah. You just don't know the limits of every champ. You don't know what they do and how they work and how they interact. Well, what will happen is even if he gets a lead, he'll throw the lead 100%. Yeah. He will die. die. You will die because yeah. you're not thinking about bigger picture about how to close yeah. out the game. So that's fine. Enjoy it. I think you should calm down. Yes, I get you're competitive. But the only way you're going to improve is you relax. You take your game seriously. Have a very small champion pool. I love it. Echo and Dana only. Brilliant. And stick with it, dude. It's a matter of time. You're That's at the right. very beginning of your league. And for me, every, I've never known a player that if you've only played for one year, that's that's stock standard, getting to silver, bronze in your first season. Yep, Next right. season, it's possible to get to like high gold, gold. Yep. But it'll take you the whole year. You've got to put in the games in silver, dude. You've got to put in games. raw games yeah. at this point in time. Just raw games. Don't overcomplicate and, anything. And seek knowledge. That's right. Uh, you say that the you think that the game's better experience with a team of five? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you Because you're not going to get flames, right? But 
you got to play solo because that's going to help you have even better experience in 5v5 set in. It's going to help you become a better player quicker. Um, I mean, you have to learn the skill of embracing chaos because even in a 5v5 setting, there's going to be chaos you need yep. to you need to adapt with. And solo is the best tool for you to embrace the chaotic yep, nature. It's the best learning tool. Anything else we want to comment on that Anything one, Curtis? Else? I'm going to conference scan the phone for me now, Curtis. Okay. I'm taking over. All right, so this is from Joseph. Says, hey Nathan Curtis, before I ask my question, I just wanted to give you guys a shout out. I used to be a pos- I used to be so positive and encouraging and untiltable in my games, but ever since I started playing League a lot more seriously when quarantine happened, I noticed that I became a lot more toxic and began to flame slash blame my teammates. But watching your podcast helped me return to a positive mindset. Thanks for that. So that's, that's actually just, you know how we talk about the experience of League? Someone who his identity is his positive and encouraging and untiltable. In ga- other games he's played, League has fought, brought out the toxic nature on it, of him, you know? It's crazy. It's pretty insane. I mean, before we on here, this is something that needs to be actively spoken about in League. Yeah. Like, the fact that, like, when you play the game, mm. it's just like, it's like warning. Mm. It should come with, like, a warning sign. Mm. You know, like, like, you know, when you go on, like, a roller coaster, it's like, warning, this is, like, extreme speeds and shit like that. You know, you should actually... Um, what was that not recording? No, it was recording. Okay. Yeah, I was just checking. The the you should actually like Riot should say you are going to be frustrated. The game is really hard. Mm. Like all this stuff pre- prepare you. You know, there is nothing about that, is there? There's no warning. No, it's like you go into the deep end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no play around. There's no tutorial like the way it's going to be and stuff. Yeah, like no one. That. T- yeah, yeah, no one just tells you how hard the yeah, game is. Yeah. League's the hardest game in the world. That's what it should be said. Like the hardest game <laughs> in the world. If, if anything, it was the opposite. Everyone shows you how easy it is to climb and smurf and all that sort of yeah. stuff on the YouTube content, it's right? Around. How to carry 1v9 in your <laughs> in bronze. I know it's super interesting. Yeah. Let's actually let's riff on this a bit. What? That last question. Yeah. How interesting is that? What? Think about it. You would never get that question in any other, like, industry. What? Like, Paolo's question. Yeah. It's like, I've been playing for a year. Yeah. I'm in this rank. Like, how do I win? How do I... What do I do? That's true, isn't it? Like, think about how simple that question is. Yeah. Like, the fact that that has to be written. Mm. He's a 29-year-old dude. He's mm. not, like, a, he's, you know, he's not, he's not a kid. Mm. It shows. Like, he's obviously asking that question because the reason he's asking that question is because he's seen elsewhere mm. how, apparently, how easy it is to mm. climb. And all these people that are high elo and they smurf right. stuff, you know? And it's just so easy, man. The fact that, like, that question it's is good. a sign yeah. that there is something not going wrong. Yeah. Something going wrong here. Yeah. It's true, Curtis. You gotta look at actions. Now, you gotta look at actions. Always the questions look at actions. Asks. Yeah, I love looking at actions. Anyway, go on. So now for the question. This is for jungle specifically. Yes, my time to shine Real on this time, podcast. Nathan. Come on. So Don't more for Nathan, up. I guess. But I noticed that when I'm playing more farming junglers like Graves, Hecarim, or Kane, when I or my team falls behind, I feel so lost. I find that I sometimes can't farm my own jungle since I get counter jungle by the enemy or I die because I get picked and I don't want to take side lane farm or share farming lane since that's BM to my laners. What do I do in these situations? Any tips for playing farming junglers from behind? All right, so this is the concept with farming junglers. Deaths are even more important as a farming jungler than, than a early game jungler. Reason being is that because you probably aren't putting out pressure ganks, the, the game... The game, the longer the game goes, the more impactful deaths are because death timers are longer and you can get more out of a death than early game. 
So, um, as for the because this is my play style, this is what I play back in season three, and this is why I understood how important deaths were was because I wasn't depression gains, I wasn't ganking lanes. My laners would fall behind. All I needed to do was, you know, this is easier said than done. Make sure that I'm just being super hyper efficient with my camps and taking high percentage plays. You have to do that because if you also get behind. Your team, think about it. Your team's already behind because you 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 let them get behind because you didn't pressure. And you let's say if you're versing like a Talia or a Lee. So that's just the nature of. I'd say there's more pressure, but less pressure on you as a farming jungler in a weird way. So I find that I sometimes can't farm my own jungle since I get countered by the enemy team where I die. Okay, so the longer you can hold up towers, the more you're going to be able to farm and more scale. As soon as you lose mid tier one tower as a farming jungler, the game is very much out of your control try and hold up mid tier one tower as long as possible if you can deny rift held as a farming jungler is so powerful because it slows down the game rift held is the quickest way to accelerate a game the other way you can accelerate game is through dragon souls i guess if you can potentially if, if the enemy team gets a dragon at five minutes that could be bad for you but all you need to do is deny one dragon and you're you've added an extra five minutes to the game um so I get counter jungled by the enemy or I die because I get picked and I don't want to take side lane farm or share farm. Okay, if you're a farming jungler, you need to take start into the mindset of taking side lane farm. Not so much for the farm, but for the pressure. So when you push a lane, it slows down the game. Again, you're always your objective as a farming jungler is how do I slow down the game? How do I slow down the game? Even if your team is, you know, 0 and 10, I mean, maybe that's a bad example. Let's say they're like losing. Your objective is always to slow down the game. And if you push a side lane, it has two benefits. You're forcing the enemy team to react to a play, so then they're 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 playing, they're reacting, the defensive. And the other thing as well is you're getting the experience in gold. Must take side lane farm. It's so important. It's the difference between if you see sometimes in in YouTube videos where someone has like all the games that I can think of. Like let's say I'm playing Eve when I was like playing lower Elo and stuff like that. I could only get. 10 cs a minute as a jungler farming jungler if i was to take lane minions it's not possible to do it just from your jungle camps um what else oh and you said it's bm to your laners no you need you are the carry you're the 1v9 carry champ you're talking about champs like graves hecarim and kane graves is graves is weird i don't actually view him so much as a farming champ he's more of a pressure enemy jungler you take you farm by taking the enemy jungles camps Kane and Hecarim is more like, yeah, you, you, you're just going to be more of a farming jungler. And same with like Eve, in a way. Those are all my tips. Anything else, Curtis? No, I was just trying to think of an analogy, the way I interpret it anyway. Yeah. was like, think about like a boxing match and you have like, you have like a, let's just, you know, I don't know much about boxing. I don't know much about boxers, but you know, Floyd Mayweather has a style where he's like, you know, just chip away at you. And yeah. he's like endurance. Yeah. You know, he wants to slow win over like all the rounds. Versus right? a boxer puts all his energy out in the first couple of rounds yeah. and then he tires out. Yeah. So so your job uh, when you play a fight, you, well, something you've got to understand is that it's harder in a way. It's um, harder and easier. Well, okay. Let's view it like this. Because the thing about farming junglers, if you have at least one or two winning lanes, you insta win the game. Yeah, that is true. But it's like... It, it's harder in the sense that, like, you just have less options. Like, you, 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 you do. You have a lot less options. You can only do basically your one thing. Yeah. And um, whereas, like, the enemy, if they're playing a champion that has more, more proactivity, they have more options available. 
So they can actually... So think about you've got someone like, you know, Floyd Mayweather. He has no room for error. Like, you've yeah. seen this guy who's, like, going to swing at you 24-7. All that guy has to do is land one of them. Yeah. And, like, he wins that fight. Yeah. Whereas you, even if you land a punch on him, it's not going to do much. It's a little bit of damage. You have to keep, like, dragging that fight out as long as possible. And one mistake, one slip up, you're done. Hmm. It's kind of like that. So, yes, it's, it's, it's easier in the sense that you don't need to force stuff. But, like, at the same time... You know, you're the carry, you know? It's like, and you can't afford to make a single mistake. And that's the skill that I learned when I was in season three. That's how I got mm. three counts top 10. It's like, I mastered that skill of minimizing. My entire objective was minimizing. How would I use that ward in that specific position, like tracking the enemy jungler? I, I, I just, I fundamentally disagree though with that's the way to play jungle. No, I, I agree. I, I, fund- I actually think it's just dangerous. Yeah, it is dangerous. I think like so The way well. you view the game if you play like that, it's just so flawed. Yeah. This is not how jungle is as a role. I yeah. just fundamentally disagree. I, I also agree with that as well, Curtis. But it's excellent for carrying low. Elo. yeah but do you, do you learn anything like do, you, do the skills translate that's a good question i would say oh it literally says our cards full in the oh thing. god all right i guess we'll finish up this question and Elf. then we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up then all right um we'll do this one more question no no we'll just I'll wrap just, up okay. this one. yeah this one all right what were you saying sorry um oh yeah so you think it's just bad well i'm i'm i'm, I'm asking i don't play jungle so i don't know i don't want to step in here because yeah. i actually don't know but yeah I'm just asking, like, because the way I view the game from a jungler's perspective is like, jungle is a facilitating role. Like, yeah. you're, you're not the carry. Yeah. I mean, you can at times, but it's not the. You don't, like, if I think about the junglers that genuinely carry, in my games anyway, yeah. they don't play like Those that. challenger games, Curtis, yeah. Yeah, they don't play like that. Because remember, not everyone's going to eventually get challenger, you know? Mm. Like, yeah, I'm, but what I mean, I mean if- there is the thing. I mean, that's, that's my story of my life. I. I had such bad habits, such bad mindset to get out of the way that yeah, you games really emerges that like I'm screwed for forever. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm working through it. That's I'm what I'm scared of. Like people yeah. like developing like this way of, it's like the way you view the game. Yeah. Cause think about the, the message that you're sending when you're playing a carry jungle. Yeah. It's I'm the carry. Okay. I'm the one who has to reach. They should survive. Yeah. Laney should survive. Yeah. Like what I would love is any jungler to play, to lay like a solo land, like top or mid. And, like, just feel the difference between, like, a farm jungle versus a, a gank or jungle. I mean, you can make farm junglers work. I mean, at the end of the day, there's people like uh, Karasma, who's challenger NA, game player, right? He doesn't ex- he doesn't play that. But I don't know how he know? plays it. How does he actually play it, though? I mean, he's still ganks, dude. And he yeah. does, he doesn't, you have to do things early games, too. Yeah. There is opportunities yeah. if, you, if you have the right idea and right mindset. Yeah. Malice is an EVE player. You know, he's a challenger in the US. Like, it's possible. Mm. But, yes, if you look at Korean Soliki, the top 10 players, they're all playing EVE super feels aggressive. like an exception, though. In a way, because Eve doesn't. Eve has this weird thing where, like, even if you're not like actively doing something, you're pressuring. Yeah, that's right. Because you have the pressure of Eve. So it's like I don't feel Eve is like a good example of like a, the standard traditional full clear carry jungler. I think she is. She is. Curtis, if if she gets behind, yeah, but you're exerting you're pressure when other junglers wouldn't. Yeah, that's the difference. That's true. Because again, if you think about what the strength of ganking junglers is, it's not the gank. Yeah, it's the threat of the gank, and Eve does that at level six, pretty early on. You get level six pretty early in the game, you know, by like six minutes. So, you know, I, I was, I don't know, I don't know. that's how it feels when I first. I don't view Eve as like, yes, she's a. Like, she clears in the early game, but as soon as she's six, think about that versus like Kane versus like Shivana and shit like that that's true yeah. like they don't have threat even at six yeah. really yeah and then eve instantly does instantly yeah. turns into like a machine max max threat yeah anyway 
All right. Well, that's my advice and that's yep. Curtis's perspective yep. there. But um, I mean, I still think that playing farming junglers is fine in lower elo because you learn how to carry. Okay. I think it's important to know when you to carry. You, you can I hate, still carry. I hate that, dude. You think you hate it? I yeah, never. You, I never told. I never told anyone to learn how to carry. Yeah. I've never told that to just my, do any your my job. clients. Yeah. You know. I think I think I think the word carry should just be removed in a way. It's like, okay, it should be used, but in such niche situations. Yeah. Like I don't think carrying is how you win solo queue. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it is a toxic mindset. I, I mean, we talked about that before. The one. Like, when does anyone mindset. genuinely carry unless they're a smurf? Yeah, you're a smurf. Low. It's true. That's actually true. Yeah, it is true. You don't carry. Yeah. You just do your job. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our podcast there. That's a good note to end on. Um, I think I need to buy a new card for the camera, Curtis, because these podcasts are running longer. And then... Right. <laughs> it's fine. We can order okay. one. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode, everyone. Um, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in next week for another see episode. See you in a jiffy. See you in a jiffy for the Broken by Concept podcast.